and welcome back to another episode of the Raging Marks Wrestling Podcast. I'm one of your hosts, TNK. Glad to be back. Dude, ravishing Randy, reporting for duty, and holy fuck, has it been a crazy last few weeks since we've done this podcast. Ramsey, what's going on, buddy? He's a little distracted at the moment. We got a. Uh, Watch my Dakota Kai. So, in prior year, you know, prior weeks when we do the show under the Vince McMahon era, which we will touch upon, we didn't really have Raw in the background because we usually record the show on a Monday. But now, since we have Triple H, we have all these changes, we got Raw in the background. So, there might be some distractions. Well, it's kind of like burying the lead there in a, in a sense. I mean, like. Let let's talk about the fact well, that it's been it's been like what, three, weeks three weeks since we since we've gotten together. Like I know so, we've been trying to do this every two weeks, but shit happens. Work schedules conflict. Works, yeah, work's been crazy. You know, with our schedules. So the last I remember what we talked about was Vince only had one accuser at the time, or well, there was four. Did, did we talk but about there, the four? There, there was four, but there was one like big one. And then there was the reports really that there may be really others did. in the pipeline. I don't think those came out yet when we, we ended no, no, the no, show. Because we talked about okay. it, but a lot of it was, I think there was only like $12 million that was, you know, being discussed about being used to oh, pay off Oh, we did, people. you're right. Yes. Yeah, and, but it was still one of those things that it was like, okay, well, this is all consensual stuff, yada, yada. Um, I made comments that have aged very poorly since. About the fact that I thought Vince was untouchable, that we weren't going to see anything come of that, and then not even a week, not even a week later, I think it was what that Friday, dude, that yeah. Friday, I, yeah. I sent a text as soon as I saw it. I didn't know if we, it was in, real. In that particular week, I don't. Did we record on a Monday or did we record midweek? No, we recorded on a Tuesday. Yeah, we recorded you were on off a Tuesday on darts that week, and yeah. then literally that Friday because it was the it was SmackDown when they were announced that. Three days later, it was it was Friday afternoon. Yeah, right before SmackDown goes live, that Vince basically announces his retirement. Well, I'm 77 years old. I think I've done enough. I think I'm going to retire. Uh, and then he did the whole then now and forever thing, and he ended it out. And I was like, then now forever together. Together. And then I'm like, yeah. before SmackDown, you know, it was going to everybody had to know what was going on. That's when Stephanie McMahon came out and talked about Vince retiring, and then it just kind of. Went on from there. And this is like a week before SummerSlam. So you're like, what's going to happen? Like, right. Well, let's go Let's go ahead and, and, and touch on the retirement itself. Because it was one of those things. It came out of left field. Yeah. You know, announced it on a Friday pretty much after everybody's left work. After like, I think it was, he maybe made the twit, uh, the twit. The tweet at about it was like two, <laughs> three three the o'clock, tweet at like four. It was like after four o'clock. Well, like Eastern time zone, yeah, something like that maybe. But, but yeah. I mean, it's at the point where like people are getting off of work. The news day, in a sense, at least like newspaper wise and everything like that, is already wrapped for the day. Like yeah. you know, whatever. It's like this thing drops late afternoon on Friday, and yeah, like everybody's caught off guard. Like what the fuck, like. It seemed out of left field. There were the reports that there was going to be more bombshells coming out, like more women coming forward and telling their well, side I of the story. There's going to be like the, the SEC, like an expose that, well, or like the HBO, uh, Brian Gumble, all real sports, real sports, yeah, is coming out with an expose with a segment 
and it's going to be damning. Yeah, I thought like the SEC or like the uh, Security Exchange Commission. Yeah, they they launched an investigation, a like federal investigation into the, the reports. I th- I think those reports either came out the day before or almost like immediately after Vince announced his retirement. So I mean. I think I want to say that that report came out on Thursday, and then he announced his retirement that that they got ahead of this like right away, and then because we all thought that Stephanie was going to be the CEO, but now she's co CEO with Nick Khan, yep, and then Triple H is going to take over. He's he's basically the he's the head, head of, of talent booking, relations, head of talent relations, uh, EVP. I think he is again. So mm-hmm. his original role before uh, all the stuff happened with his heart and everything. So. Basically, he's head of creative right now. Him and Bruce Pritchard, like, you two creative guys, but really Triple H. Yeah. So, you know, you're seeing... We also just confirmed that, you know, John Laurinaitis is gone. Yeah, that, uh, that report came out today. I think we're jumping ahead. Oh, but, I'm sorry, but, but... But, yeah, like... So, yeah, so SmackDown happens. You're a week away from SummerSlam. The fact that McMahon... I never thought in my lifetime... Or, no, let me phrase that. I thought that everybody... If you listen to every single wrestler that knew Vince McMahon, everybody said he's never going to retire... He, he was going to die in Gorilla. Yes, that's what everybody committed. He will do this till he dies. His last breath, he will still be in charge of creative. Every wrestler that said that knew that. I don't know why Randy's looking around. You didn't think oh, that? I wonder who the fuck said that on this podcast. Oh, that's right, it's me. <laughs> oh, yeah. So Remember, because you said, oh, no, that's not going to happen. I don't know. Really, like, 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 like I said, he's aged, out. It, it aged poorly. It so, aged very poorly, especially when, when more... More pipe bombs came out. So the fact that yeah. he actually retired at 77 really was a big shocker to me. And, I mean, I'm not going to do a whole... We can touch on this later for another day, the significance of Mr. Man, but just the fact that the guy that's been in charge for over 40 years with the company bought in 1982 from his father, made it at wrestling kind of what it is today. It made it a global phenomenon. Exactly. Like, like let's... Let's be real on this. Like, he definitely transformed the wrestling business. Like, wrestling, you could say, was big globally, but never had there been one particular brand mm-hmm. that was that well known the world over. I know you could sit there and say, oh, well, back in the day, the NWA champion traveled all over and, you know, it'd be sellout shows and blah, blah, blah. But just the global conglomerate that WWE is now, yeah, you know, that was unimaginable or unheard of back in the day it god it, it really is a bigger news than what people realize the fact that he truly retired and is gone it's like we've been waiting for this for years that you know let triple h take over and we're like oh i know i never wish death on anybody but you're like if that's the only way he's gonna go then you're like oh god this is you know you know i mean like we could definitely give Vince his roses on another show. Yeah, I'm going like, to say, I don't want to... We can give him his flowers on yeah, another show we'll like, in the yeah, future. Yeah, that's going to take forever. It, it really is kind of... The significance of, of Vince McMahon. It really is kind of a touchy subject right now. Exactly. Because I know like, some people are even saying, like, oh, well, does this mean Vince is going to go in the Hall of Fame next year? I No, it's no. too soon. you got to let things subside. With, with everything that's in the news and with more allegations and more bombshells about to drop with that soon it's way too nuclear right now to even have that conversation 100 i mean a couple of years from now when the heat dies down sure mm-hmm. i mean I, I i think it's inevitable that he will be in the freaking hall of fame in his mm-hmm. freaking company's hall of fame mm-hmm. 
Hmm. Whether or not he goes in himself or he goes in, like, after he passes away and they just put him in eventually because he's like, no, I don't want to do it. Because Vince doesn't really like talking about himself and being, you know, in front of yeah. stuff. So I could kind of see that happening. He's right now on that fucking ledge whereas on the Chris Benoit territory where the name may not be mentioned ever again because we don't know. We have to wait to see all these. Because what from, from what I heard, just wait till Real Sports segment comes out. Yeah, I don't oh, know the allegations. bombshell. So. Yeah, so well, it's I all rumor and innuendo right like, now. Give him all his put. Yeah, you know what? Let's put that on the back burner because don't know. We might not be able to say the name no more. Mm. We'll see. We'll we'll wait for that to come out. But in the meantime, so now you got a week away from SummerSlam. What do you do? So you got intrigued in the in the company again because then it's like, oh shit, Triple H taking over. Okay, so Raw kind of felt. The first Raw, I think, or that's SmackDown and Raw, still picked up the lines going into SummerSlam. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if you want to talk about that or if you just want to jump right into SummerSlam. Well, no, you could definitely see little small changes here and there, but it wasn't like the big changes well, first, that, first, that came a week later. Hold yeah. up, hold up. But, Before you go into that, you, the bigger news on that day, too, was they finally announced that it's not interim, but it's going to be co-CEO CEOs in a company. Yeah. Wait, no, we, we, we touched on that. We touched on that real briefly just a second ago. You might have been watching that, but yeah. I was going to say, did like, you really want to talk about Nick Khan yeah. in depth? <laughs> no, because like, that was big news to me too, because I did say that like, uh, we thought it was just going to be Stephanie Man as a CEO. I was watching, I was like, watching EOS guy yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, was, Dakota Kai. I'm like, but yeah, there's two co-CEOs, which is a pretty big deal as well. So I Nick Khan's still in power. No, like... But from I, a stockholders it, exchange, that's why he's there. He's making them money. They're keeping it. Well, but it also, in a sense, it, it makes sense that they do the co-CEO because there, there's one side of the coin that Stephanie excels at. Yeah. It's getting the brand out there, brand awareness, all that stuff. She's and wrestling, and he's the... Yeah, and, and he's the business side he's of the Hollywood the, part of it. The, you know, we need, to, we need to sell this stuff to networks, and we need to, you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, they're both two sides of a coin. You put them together, they could be a really good two-headed monster. So, you know... You you saw some of the noticeable changes though on, or, or you saw some of the small changes on Raw and SmackDown that kind of helped it flow a little bit better. Mm-hmm. Um, then we get to SummerSlam, and let's let's talk about SummerSlam for a second because I I went from having absolutely minimal interest in watching SummerSlam a week prior to now like. Even though I had to work late, I got off of work after SummerSlam had already ended, went home, and forced myself to sit there, stay up late, and watch three hours. Granted, I had the luxury of being able to fast forward doing commercial spots and all that stuff, but still, like, it was must-watch TV. Okay, so and what they did last year with SummerSlam, because obviously we talked about 1992 being at Wembley Stadium for 80,000 people. So last year, when they had the return of in front of a live audience, Allegiant Stadium, Las Vegas, they were able to get 50,000 people. And it felt like a really big event because you had 50,000 people there. Well, this year, they were in an outdoor stadium. Again, SummerSlam 92 was the last time they did that for a SummerSlam. You had a big pay-per-view event in an outdoor NFL football stadium, Nissan Stadium. So it felt so big, and that makes it so much... It makes it more impactful to watch, you know what I mean? You could, like, not even just talking about the actual matches yet. 
You could just tell from the start of the show to the end of the show, every performer out there had an extra pep in their step. They were going more all out. Yeah. They were more committed to their craft. I felt like there's a weight off their shoulders. Yeah, I mean, you could tell that they were going to go out there and fucking put it all on the line because they had new life. They they had new wind beneath their sails. Like, it just had a different vibe throughout the entire show. And even though there were, there were some matches that, you know, aren't going to register highly on the Meltzer scale or anything like that, each match told a significant story had its moments and got over with the crowd and got over with the people watching. Because even the friggin' Lashley uh, Theory squash match... Which was a squash match. You know, yeah, it's not going to rate highly on the Meltzer scale, but it was still enjoyable for what it was. Yeah, I mean, you got to have some matches like that because if you have all matches being bangers, it kind of takes away from... The matches because you get exhausted. You need that one little match to kind of... There was only one misstep, and we'll talk about it in a bit, but even then, you could sit there and say, what do you really do in that situation? We'll get there. But let, let's go ahead and start with the opening match. Okay, um, so, again, because my work schedule, I didn't really watch every match, but I definitely watched this match. The opening match, right out the gate, big time Bex, Bianca Belair. You start the show strong with the women's uh, Raw Women's Ch- Championship. I thought it was a very good match. It was a very good match. I'll, I'll say that... There were sloppy spots in it, but like, was it the best match that the two of them have had over the last, like, you know, the last few matches that they put together? No, it was still a very good match. And just the fact that only a couple of minutes into the match, um, Becky separates her shoulder, Mm -hmm. and I mean, nasty, like, it looked fucking bad. And she still went on to have a 20 minute or so match with Bianca. Like, fucking mad kudos to to the man. Like, and I think we're about to get a return of the man and not Big Time Bex. But, no, like, like they put on a hell of a match, told a great story. And I know we have more to talk about that after, but I didn't know if you wanted to give a few more... Uh, well, I don't know if you wanted to. Do, I didn't realize you wanted to do a breakdown, breakdown of SummerSlam. I just wanted to touch on T moments. We could definitely do that. This well, match I'm not, was I'm not, I'm not a expecting big... to spend like 40 minutes on SummerSlam. Okay. I'm just saying. Like... Say. But no, no, no. But to, to every to one of your points with uh, Big Time Beck's character is going to go away, and I think we will get the man. And now in that she has the separated shoulder, of the injury, they built her as a, you know, because let's see. All right, Bianca beat. Uh, she beat, she, big time. She beat she Becky, Becky clean. clean. It was a really good match. And then after the match, Becky shakes her hand. Which, you know, Bianca hesitated to do it. Yeah. Because she's been burned by that several times before. But in a, in a way, it, it was the perfect bookend mm-hmm. to the story so that started Bianca last year's Bianca gets her revenge, per se, as to uh, Becky stealing her belt last year. Well, because it all started with a handshake. Yeah. You know, so Becky kinda... basically going in for the cheap shot, stealing the title in in like less than thirty seconds or whatever like that. Yeah, she um, pulls her in and hits the whatever they call it, the manhandle, manhandle slam. Manhandle slam, thank you, and then gets the win in like twenty, you know, less than twenty seconds. So, but yeah, she shakes her hand, gives her a hug, raises her arms, says, "Okay, you beat me this many times, I respect you." So now I'm Becky's turning face, and then lo and behold, oh. who makes their return? We've talked about it. I thought she might have got uh, match time, but it was Bailey. 
Bailey comes out. She's talking. Everybody's shocked. She walks about halfway down the ramp. It, 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 like, okay. So, it, it, just Bailey finally making her return because she has been a healthy scratch at this point for months. Oh, she was out uh, July 2021. She broke it to where Yeah, said, but she had been ready to go since Mania. Yeah, I know. Yeah, yeah she, she'd been I ready to come back that, since yeah. Mania. And everybody's like, where's Bailey? Where's Bailey? Where's Bailey? Mm hmm. We finally get her. And so just that alone, everybody was like, oh, shit. And then... Uh, which Ramsey had to point this one out to me because I forgot that she had been released. Bam. Uh, Dakota, Dakota Kai. Kai. Thank you. I was the order. AKA Dakota. the first FU he gave, that Triple H gave to fucking Vince. You signed one of his released superstars to come out. So now, why is she affiliated with Bailey? And you're like, okay, so you got two people now, and you got two people in the ring. So you got two people on the aisle. Okay, so maybe it's just going to be two people. Oh, no. We're not done. So we had a superstar that's been sitting on the sidelines who may have waited, let her contract run out to go back overseas. EO Shirai NXT, a.k.a. EO well, now known as EO Sky. EO Sky makes her main roster de debut. And they're all together. So that was such a great way. All Triple H, you know, people, Triple H's fans of all of them, they're in a stable currently. Fans this, was, this was a concept Bailey put out last year. This is a stable that Bailey suggested to to the ranks. Got shot down by Vince. Mm -hmm. Triple H's in there. You know what? Yeah, you know I'd be the first fucking Vince. Yeah, let's bring, let, we're going to do this. No, but dude, the, the crowd reaction. Oh, yeah. And like, and like let, let, let's be honest, too, the only drawback of like those big open stadium shows is that the pop isn't as loud yeah, true as that. it potentially could be because all the sound's going up and it's mm -hmm. not going back towards the ring. Yeah. You could still hear the audible pop well, dude, with, with the sight of all three of those women so, banded together. Yeah, because like social media, dude, I was just reading the comments and like, I didn't, you know, Dakota Kai's got a pretty decent following on social media. So when she came back, a lot of dudes were like, Marks were like going crazy, like going wild. So I know Rams. I watched it live, so I was ready to get ready to text y'all to be like, she's fucking back. She's back. Fuck you, Vince. She's back. But yeah, that, was, that, that was so my... you know Triple H era is starting pretty strong and right there. So yeah, moving on. I, I want to. What was uh was the next Lashley, Lashley match? I think nope. the squash match. Paul. Yeah, it was yeah. Logan Paul. Yeah. I did want to talk about that for briefly because it was Logan Paul's first singles match, mm -hmm. and you saw what he could do at WrestleMania athletically. But man, uh, we said AJ was the one training him, working with him. You can kind of mm -hmm. tell, man, because his athleticism showed off, and they had some cool sp spots with Champa and AJ in the match, but. Dude, the, the the frog splash through that the table. Pitcher. Yeah, that Perfect. was that showed you his athleticism, that airtime. The he distance got. that he cleared yeah. was yeah. fucking insane. Was pretty crazy, and and even he did like a standing moonsault, and you're just like, damn, this dude's good. I don't know if you go back and re go look at it. When he hit it, you see fucking Miz reaction afterwards, and he's just like. <laughs> it was a little awesome. spot. Yeah, it was yeah. a great spot. He like almost marked out right there on the. He was like, and "Oh shit!" The that fact was that good. Logan Paul won with Miz's finishing move, won clean, was like, "Okay, they're gonna do something." Logan Paul got over 20 million followers on social media. 
He's got a name for himself. This can maybe possibly bring in some viewers. So Well, then the fact that, uh, what was it, the next night on Raw, he basically announces that uh, he signed, or not the next night, but like two nights later on Raw, he announces that he signed like a he signed a long-term uh, contract uh, yeah. with WWE. I mean, like, like Tommy Dreamer made this comment uh, over, over the week uh, on Busted Open that... If he, like, actually dedicates himself to, like, the in-ring training, because the athleticism is there, he fucking oozes charisma because he's fucking Logan Paul. He's yeah. got the following online. Mm -hmm. If he actually dedicates himself to his craft, he could very well be uh, a Mania main eventer sooner rather than later. Like, do not be shocked if he is in a WrestleMania main event at some point. In the next couple of years, if he if he continues I, to excel at that level, I agree. If it's possible, yeah, I, I think he'd have a really big match at Mania for sure. Yeah, he's got a great following. I mean, a big following, twenty million followers, and also he's got a big athletic. podcast too. He's he's stupid athletic. He really is very athletic. But yeah, I uh, think he's able to convince his brother that they come over and they form a tag team. Oh God! Oh God. <laughs> but yeah, mm. um, but. He may come out and help him with the match or something. Know, you don't know because... Yeah, I mean, it's a brave new world. Well, Jake in, Paul man. just had a fucking match canceled, so boxers don't want to fight him. So he's got to find another way to make money down the road. So you never know. Yeah. It's but, uh, <laughs> but moving on. You got to help me with the next match, man. It's Lashley and Theory. Yeah. All right, squash match. Needed to be what it was. I thought it might have been a longer match, but you had to have a squash match. There's only two matches that were under 10 minutes. That's Lashley and Theory and, and Morgan and Rousey. And it's kind of... It, well, okay, so it that match sense. made... sense. Well, I was going to say, do we want to just go ahead and jump to that? Yeah, I let's mean, just jump to that just, match real yeah. quick. The Ronda and Liv match was surprising because you're like, okay, you're going to take the belt off of Liv this early. Because you're like, Ron is just going to steamroll her. How did she get out with making, you know, get out of the situation? And I thought they did a pretty good job with this because they kind of tied themselves, backed themselves in a corner. It it was it was a bit of a double-edged sword. Yeah. Because I could see where a lot of um, Liv's fans are like, you're going to book her that fucking week? Like a pitiful babyface champion? Like, mm -hmm. really? Like, why why do you even have the belt on her at this, at this point? Like, what the shit? But then on the flip side, Ronda's a fucking killer. Yeah. Okay? And I think the angle that they did, especially with the finish, tells a great story. And you can get several more matches out of this. Um, granted, they are going in a bit of a different direction right now, but that could still ultimately play into how this new program well, I could say, runs well, and works. Well, I can't really touch on it now. We can touch on it at the SummerSlam, what I think is going to happen down the road. But, yeah, so basically, um, uh, Ronda's got Liv in an arm bar. Her shoulders are on the mat. Liv's kind of standing up trying to get out of it. But the ref is counting the one, two, three. So so the ref's at the angle where – or he's, he's at the angle where he can see that Ronda's shoulders are pinned. Yeah. So he's counting the pin. Right before he hits down for three, so like arms up in the air after two, about to come down for three, Liv's tapping out. She's tapping out, yeah. On Ronda's leg. Referee can't see it because he's focusing on the pin. So it's one of those things, Liv retains due to referee decision by the pinfall, but Ronda's livid because she she made Liv tap out. She should be champion. Exactly. 
So then what does Rana do? Rana's not a badass. She takes it on the referee, beats him up, puts him in an arm bar, so now she's suspended indefinitely. Yeah, well, beats the fuck out of Liv, too, again. Oh, yeah. Which, I mean, like, again, yes, it was a it was a squash match, but the one thing that you could definitely say for Liv throughout the course of the match was that every time that Ronda had her in a submission and Ronda worked that shoulder and that arm for the ten minutes of that match... Or, or excuse me, the the four and a half minutes of that match, Liv would still find some kind of way to get out of the move. So it's like one of those things that like, again, Ronda Rousey coming from the world of MMA, if she's going to continuously put you in a submission move, yeah. it's going to fucking hurt. And so her tapping out while she's got the pin, it's very believable. Very believable. Does it make her look weak? Yes. But I mean, you can still build this program. Because there's not a lot of women on the roster like Ronda. The only one that really is See, like a Ronda is would, Shayna Baszler. Okay, and so we'll talk on that I was a little talk bit on more. That one, we'll or, talk on that a little bit I'll tell you what more. I think is going to happen. But yeah. But a couple of the other matches that happened between the Lashley Theory <laughs> match on. and Liv Morgan. We had the Mysterios and Judgment Day. Yeah, you can skip that. We, which I mean... It was a return of Edge. It was a decent match. Edge came back. Blah. It went a little over 11 minutes. Okay. Pat McAfee versus Happy Corbin. So, a.k.a. Mr. Friday Night. Yeah. Like, look, I loved everything about this match. Granted, it wasn't as crisp as it could be. And I know Pat made mention of the fact that, like, the ropes were a little bit looser. Being out there and with the outdoor match, the humidity, it kind of made things a little bit slicker. Yeah, it was hot as fuck out there. Yeah, so like, and and you could notice too though that like they had misting fans that were blowing into the ring. Oh, okay. So I mean, that's gonna make the ropes a little more slick, you know. So like, the footing wasn't exactly the best it could have been. Mm-hmm. But I mean, he still pulled off some insane spots. Corbin fucking sold his ass off. The the whole thing with like him beating up Pat by the announce table and then Corbin getting on the headset. And basically shit-talking Michael Cole mm-hmm. and the two of them going back and forth. By the way, fucking... I'm going to I'm gonna give a clap and a kudos to fucking Michael Cole because now that he doesn't have Vince screaming in his ear anymore, it is a noticeable night and day difference. Just the quality of his commentary, the fucking announcing, he's actually making mention of the moves. Yeah, he never does it. You know, really like... That. He's doing a much, much better job. It's more organic. It's more natural. And in SummerSlam, because, you know, I can't stand a motherfucker, but he made Corey Graves feasible. As because I, I think Corey Graves is one of the... Is fucking terrible. Well, look, their commentary... In but that, they were really good because... That, that commentary that was McAfee... No... Well, that commentary in the McAfee-Corbin match especially was fucking on point because yeah. you had Cole being uber-biased towards Pat. Mm-hmm. You had Corey being uber-biased towards Very, Corbin. Yeah. And so just the, the friggin' the, the snapbacks and everything the two of them had back and forth... It really did kind of bring you back to that Bobby Heenan, Gorilla Monsoon type of vibe of like, these are two guys that are friends, but they will pick at each other and they will throw barbs at each other and they land naturally. It's not like, oh, this is scripted because Vince told Cole to say this to Graves oh, at this time. Okay, yeah, saying. it just it came off more organically and naturally and it flowed better and it made it a more enjoyable audio program to listen to as well as the visual. 
And then fucking, I mean, Pat just kind of stole the show like he does. So fucking kudos to him. Fucking chugged a beer. Actually, I was going to say, that was a great thing with Graves and Cole, too. Like, Pat McAfee uh, just grabs a random fan's beer that offered him, uh, like, a cheers after the uh-huh. match. Freaking down the beer and then went back up the, the rampway. And Graves making the commentary of, like, you know, I got in serious trouble when I did that last time. What, well, you know, what's going to happen to whatever? Cole's like, well, it's Pat. It's a different day, man. Different day. <laughs> You're not Pat. Yeah. But I love the fact that they had the choir sing bum-ass Corbin. That was just... There were just all kinds of nice little touches with that. And then we had the tag team uh, title match between the Usos and the Street Profits. I mean, they did a... With Jeff Jarrett as special guest referee. Oh, this match it doesn't make fucking sense, but... It, I mean... Do you feel like he added or detracted to the match? Because I know that there was like a lot of split opinions on that. That he kind of made it. I didn't about give himself. your opinion. I really didn't watch that match because like I I love their Money in the Bank match, and I was like I really that match stood out so much to me that I just felt this match couldn't live up to that. So I kind of skipped it. For the on, most the, part. on the one hand, like I do feel like Jarrett handed up a bit too much because like every time it was like a near fall or two fall, you know he'd sit there and be like two. Two, like holding up his two fingers too, and then like the other wrestlers would like get in his face and like try to like you know argue with him and everything like that. And Jarrett would like push him back. And what are we what are we doing here? Just give me a goddamn remote so I can rewind it. Oh, that's what you want. <laughs> Go ahead, Randy. No, um, just it, it kind of made he made himself more of a focal point in the match. And granted, the wrestlers played off of it as much as they could, like arguing with him and everything like that. But it did kind of feel like every near fall, he was over exaggerating the fact that it was a two count and like basically looking at the guy. Well, I feel like, that's the way with most referee, uh, like you know, wrestler referee matches. Every near every fall, time. Or, oh, okay. every okay. near fall. And so, yeah, there was this whole, like, will they, won't they angle with both tag teams. Like, is one of them going to fucking blow up and attack him or whatever? Yeah. It didn't come to that. Um, I mean, it was a good match. Was it their best match? No, because that was definitely money in the bank. But it was still a good match for what it was. thought Dawkins and uh, Ford looked outstanding. And again... Like, they, they even made mention of it on commentary. Like, anybody that looks at Angelo Dawkins as the Marty of the of that tag team, they, they're sorely mistaken. Because Angelo Dawkins has definitely kicked it up another gear. Oh, yeah, he and, pressed the shit on me in Money in the Bank. That's why I was yeah. like, dude, this dude, don't everybody keeps talking about Montez Ford, but, like, Angelo Dawkins did the boss stuff in that match that really impressed me. Well, like, it, it, it's very obvious that Montez Ford, if there was going to be a breakout star, yeah. it's going to be him. Because you could also see the physical transformation that he has made. Yeah, because been, I remember when he first got called up to the main roster, he was, like, bone thin. Yeah. But he could do all these amazing high-flying stuff. He's thickened out a bit, like, chiseled. He put on some muscle. He looks good. So you could definitely have breakaway single success. But I also think one of the good things about a Triple H run WWE main roster mm-hmm. is that we don't have to break tag teams up just so that one guy can go be a single that. star. I just going to touch on that. I was like, I think you will see more tag teams because of Triple H. And I'm happy to, I'm happy to say that. More of an added emphasis on tag team wrestling in the division. Yeah. But also, you can have those guys break away for a bit to go do singles matches and stuff like that and still be a tag team at the end of the day. have a back turn every time. The New Day have already proven that for how many years? 
Yeah, they've been together since 2014. Dude. To, to go back to, like, if Jeff Jarrett was a was a, a distraction, I forgot he was the fucking referee. To me, during during the during the match, it it didn't dawn on me that it was fucking Joe Chair because the match was good. I didn't think that it was, I didn't it was a good match. I mean, I, I just I, I felt like more of the near fall spots, like from the referee, were over exaggerated than what you would see with like a typical referee. Yeah, and I do feel like he hammed it up a lot more because it's like, oh, it's Jeff Jarrett as you know special guest referee. And I know, like, sometimes, like, with those special guest referee spots, that happens. But usually that happens at, like, certain key points in the match. I'll give you that one. And it felt like it was, like, for the 20 minutes or so that the match went, or the the 15 minutes that the match went, it was, like, almost every spot. So, okay, so... Now we just have the main event to talk about. Okay, thank you. (laughs) That was kind of over SummerSlam. But, yeah, I mean, like, there's just so much going on. But, like, we have to talk about the main event. We have to talk about the main event. So, we're like, all right, man, we've seen this match a gazillion times, but the roles are reversed, and it's a last-man-standing match. So, you know, five minutes, probably long ten minutes it takes for the bloodline to come out to the the ring. It's, like, become an Undertaker spot now. Yeah, no, it's, like, literally, you you can go to the bathroom... Drop a deuce, smoke a cigarette, and Roman Reigns probably still walking down the aisle just like the Undertaker. Like, yep. <laughs> but, but no. Um, five minutes, thirty-five seconds. See, that's a long time, man. Okay, but that was a long ramp too. But they, but SmackDown the other day was four minutes and thirty-four seconds. They've been but keeping dude, count that, on shit. that. That that music is banging though. But uh, <laughs> but the, okay. So when Brock came out, to a fucking tractor. Like a big ass one. Not even, not even, not even that. All right. So it's like he gets, he gets, he gets, okay. he gets halfway down the ring, or he gets halfway down the ramp. He gets halfway to the ring, and he's like, "Wait a minute." Then he backtracks. And you're like, yeah. "What the fuck's going on?" And then you see, you know, the, the tractor, or whatever, right there, and it's like, "What the fuck is this dude doing?" He gets in there, he puts on, you know, the the flannel uh, yeah. flannel vest, puts on the cowboy hat. Then it's like, "Wait, is this motherfucker actually like getting in to drive that thing?" Wait. Is this motherfucker actually driving at ringside? Mm-hmm. Is this motherfucker actually getting off the tractor and, and climbing into the fucking dump bucket? Like, what the fuck well, is going on? He raises it up top, and then he stands in it, so then he's towering over the ring and over Roman, and just, like, you know, basically announces that he's going to murder him. And then, oh, by the way, that... Oh, the introductions. The introductions. You know, Brock oh, yeah. demands a microphone, <laughs> announces himself... By the way, you can hate on Roman as much as you want, but that spot after Brock Mate announces himself and then tosses the like basically hums oh, the microphone. The way Roman caught Roman. that mic was the way so he's smooth. So smooth. And then he just looks at, at Brock and fucking winks at him. And it's like, dude, I I, I must have watched the the gif uh, the gif of that like fucking over and over <laughs> countless times because it's just fucking so smooth. And Fucking Roman just, especially with the character that he has now, as over as he is, that was just the perfect response to catch it effortlessly, wink at Brock, and just leave it at that, like, done. You didn't even you didn't even get the Paul Heyman introduction or anything like that. Oh, yeah. I was, yeah, I was going to say, I wonder which stone's going to pop up next. But no, but then the spot of Brock just fucking dive-bombing. Oh, jumping Roman off of it, yeah. That was match. awesome. Like, you know, it's it's one of those things that, like, it was a spot fest, and in the past, like, the spot fest stuff is like, oh, like, 10 F5s, oh, 10 Spears, you well, know, whatever. Well, it was whatever. nice that he could... But 
do that with the Usos coming in because you knew his last man standing, anything goes. You knew they were going to interfere, so he could throw them around. So you had other people to throw around and keep it entertaining. But it worked here. And, yeah. like, some of the stuff that they went for was fucking great. Especially the spot after Roman got, you know, loaded into the fucking bucket and then dumped into the ring. Mm-hmm. You know, which that which I saw, when I saw the spot, I was kind of like, meh. But then what would happen next when fucking Brock just takes the fucker, dive, okay. like, shoves it under the ring and then so, lifts the ring up. Fucking Roman sold that the, perfectly. The angle they shot it at, kudos to the production team and also for Roman, because like they must have worked on that because the way the angle they lifted the ring up, Roman sold it like a million bucks, sold it beautifully, just like the impact. Once he raised that damn ring up, Roman's like, oh, he's teetering back, teetering back, and then he falls back and just rolls all the way out the ring, like super fast. I was like, that was pretty smooth, man. It looked good. It looked great. Hell of a spot. Crowd went crazy. Um, you know, I mean, the the whole ending sequence was fucking perfect. Like, they've destroyed each other. They've fucking beaten themselves half to death. Then Austin Theory's music hits. Fucking storming down to the ring with the referee. He's ready to cash in that briefcase. Well, he hits Roman upside the head for good measure. And then he's ready to cash in the briefcase. And then what happens? Fucking right before... The announcer can finish making the announcement of Austin Theory is cashing in his money. Fucking Brock Lesnar jumps in, F5 onto the briefcase. Yeah. And then, of course, the Usos and Roman and everybody start attacking Brock. Fact that fucking Roman went back, grabbed the briefcase, went over and beat the fuck out of Austin Theory. He's like, you stupid idiot. I told you not to do it. And then he turns back around and just starts waylaying on Brock. I mean, not just hitting him with the briefcase once, but literally like the two big overheads and then just one-handing it and just beating him over and over and over again. And then getting, you know, hit with both belts and then, you know, everything else. The scene of him after they pile all the debris yeah, they pile on, top of Brock, on top of Brock. The, the whole image of fucking... Roman standing over him on the debris like a fucking like, like you a... see you see you see those old like pulp fiction sci-fi um like movie posters of like the daring explorer like you know the elevated knee pointing up and like a finger pointing forward or whatever like yeah, that like, like a the... conquering hero or old school, conquering like... adventure like yeah like the George Washington on the boat, point, with the knee, the leg up, with the knee up and pointing. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, like it, it totally gave off those vibes. It was, it was that perfect image to end it. And like realistically, what were you gonna do with Brock? Because like I, I don't feel like you could have had him win back the title because Roman's too strong at the moment. Kills that momentum of that character, but you have to put Brock out convincingly and put him on the shelf for a bit. You know, okay, so, so his next date old. is a uh, New Year's, the New Year's Day event is like his. I think his next contractually obligated. Uh, and we, you know, we were touching on now that we have SummerSlam over and it's a Triple H era. You know, we were watching. I was watching a video earlier, like okay, ten Vince McMahon guys that are going to suffer in the Triple H era, and then you have like reverse. You have like Triple H guys that are going to start coming back, and we're seeing that now. So I think Brock Lesnar. Being a Vince guy and making that big salary, I don't know how long his contract's for and how many dates he has. I'd have to look that up. So will he be pushed to what he was beforehand on the Vince when Vince was running things? So, but here's the thing. 
Brock is a guy that does not need to be in the world title picture no. every time he comes back. The only countersuit to that, like, he could definitely be a big-name attraction. Who do you pair him up with? What match can you put him in that's going to be a convincing money seller? And that that's the thing. Like, I don't feel like in the Vince era they did a good job of building up enough monsters to pair up against a Brock Lesnar outside of Roman Reigns. So... The good thing, at least, with now this new era under Triple H, we get to build up more superstars, new, fresh talents, and we can maybe build up that next monster that could have a excellent match with Brock. We'll see what happens, but, I mean, we need to start building up some more monster heels. So, multiple people there. You got, you got Lashley, have, you got Lashley and, and you, McIntyre that's... that's there. That's two. Well, you 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 could ha- you could finally have that McIntyre Brock match in front of a crowd since we were deprived of that during COVID. That Lashley match is definitely looming big and it has to happen at some point. But I also feel like you know one of the names that's now back and I mean you know maybe we're jumping the gun a bit. So we'll we'll hold we'll hold, hold off. Let's hold up. We'll hold off. I'll say this: look after that match because how Lesnar. Loses that match. To me, after that match was over with, I was like, "Is it really over?" Because I could, I want after that match, I wanted another match. Well, because man. because to me, it's like I asked this question to myself: "Is like how many times Roman Reigns and 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 Brock Lesnar faced each other, but how many times did?" Cleanly, without no outside interference or no triple matches or anything, has Roman Reigns really just really beat Brock Lesnar without some little BS from outside? Has he ever beaten Brock Lesnar clean? I don't think so. That's that's to me is but, that's the question, and, and to me it's like okay, you, you're making him to be in this monster, you're making Roman Reigns to be this unstoppable force. That's all great. I like the I look, I like the character. I don't like the fact that they got both both belts on him. And we'll get to, to yeah, that. Yeah, I think that's about to change. But I just think that, you know, one thing that Brock Lesnar has done and will do is he brings people to, he brings people. So it's Brock Lesnar. He was over because, like, they showed scenes from behind when, the, when it went off air of Brock kind of going back in the ring, climbing the, the you know, the destroyed ring, climbing on the incline and kind of grabbing the rope and the turnbuckle up there. Fans were cheering. Like, they were really cheering hard for Brock Lesnar. So they're really over with this Brock Lesnar character, babyface Cowboy Brock or Farmer Brock, whatever you're going to call him. He's over. Yeah. So I think, yeah, I think, you know, he'll definitely be back and doing crazy shit, and it'll be interesting down the road, but something to look forward to, which wrestling needs. You don't need to see the same thing guy week after week. Sometimes it's nice to have a guy go off TV for a little while because when he comes back, it's like, okay, great, I want to see you now, as opposed to just giving them nothing. We need to give them a fresh program. Yes. Exactly. It, like so instead of just going through the motions week after week, and then it becomes stale. Yeah. Um. So, <coughs> and then you have Monday Night Raw, which was really like the first Monday Night Raw with trip under the Triple H era. So you saw how you had. Um. They really wanted to push the United States Championship. Oh well. For, first off, let's just talk about the fact that for a three-hour show. Yeah. The way that it was structured, the way that we actually had dedicated time to matches the fact that like people were actually able to perform their craft in the ring you still had like backstage segments you still had interviews and everything like that but the fact that like 
when shit went down in the ring between the ropes, they actually gave everybody that had a match significant time to fucking perform. It it was three hours, honestly, Kirk, that flew by. So, Normally, watching Raw is a fucking chore. Oh, yeah, I agree. And there's moments where it's like, all right, fast forward, fast forward, fast forward. I didn't fast forward through any portion of Raw. Wow. One, because I was excited to see what the new Triple H era post-SummerSlam looked like. Now that we've wrapped up all those storylines and we can start shit fresh, start anew. It's like a new season, yeah. It flowed beautifully for three hours. When is the last time that you could actually say that about Monday Night Raw? How many times have we come on this podcast in like the year and a half that we've done this and bitched about Raw? The think, way it's structured, everything else. Uh, I think maybe one Raw I can think of in the past like five years that was like, that was a good Raw. Every other one just been like, might have been one or two moments that were interesting, but the rest is like, eh. Depends original shits. Pretty much, you know, and that to me, because three hours is tough. It's just tough, man. I'm sorry. Every week, it's just too much. But you got to keep it three hours because of the USA Network and the advertisers and all that. It's too much when you got a guy that can't remember what happened the week before. Probably when you see before. rematch after rematch after Bro, rematch after they're rematch. They're writing hour three when hour one's happening. Like, right. that's Vince's calling card. And, like, everything you set up before the show, he drips it up and tears it apart. It's like a man with insane dementia who's like, he doesn't know what the fuck he's doing. And he's like, now, and it's like, we have to go now, 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 now. He's like, ah, fuck it. Do this. Smash finish without any thought. You know what I mean? So every yeah. week is like 50-50 booking. It's just nonsense. Same match for weeks on end. With the Triple H era, there was no significance on your uh, your second tier titles. So now that Lashley's United States champion, you had two three-way battles for the titles. Yes. So you're making the belt relevant again. So, and then after that, you're like, oh, man. So you're like, oh, not only do you have two three-way matches, then the winner of those matches went to the main event, and you're like, mm-hmm. the winner is going to fight Lashley next week for the title. It, bring, it brings back... The It brings back the significance of the secondary titles. Because like people have to earn it, their shot. Right. Yeah. You know? And the fact that we saw Champa go over... In both, like, throughout the night. It's just, it's nuts. Now, that lets you know Triple H is in charge. But I was really happy to see somebody new, you know. And and who he went over, too. Like, that's that's the crazy thing. The The fact that that he went over AJ in in that main event match. I mean, granted, there was shenanigans afoot. Little shenanigans, yeah. But at the same point in time, though. You beat a WWE champion. Yeah, you know, and, and like, great matches all around. Like, both triple threats were great. Mm-hmm. The main event was spectacular. You know, even with outside interference and everything like that, like they still told a good story in the ring. It put over Champa big. And now it's like, all right, you know, we knew what this dude could do in NXT, but he hadn't really like gotten that in ring push on the main roster. It's like, okay, we're going to pair him up with the Miz and, you know, we might throw him a bone here or there, but... Well, it was said not to be like a regular Vince thing. Like, Vince, these NXT guys get called up. They don't know what to do with them, so they just put him with this guy, and next thing you know, he becomes a mid-carder after, like, his second week of debuting. Mm-hmm. Like, they, he, he debuts week one, gets a victory, and then week two, bam, mid-card. That's it. Good luck. You're kind of toast. So Triple H, you're like, okay, this is one of his guys. We're going to tell a better story. So, yeah, it was nice to see a nice, fresh face Ciampa get over, and fans are like, okay, this is somebody now. Somebody new, fresh. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they're focused on the wrestling and the storylines. 
Everything they did with the women too was fucking great. Let, I, actually, we didn't even talk about the opening of the show. Oh, that's right. Yeah, no, Becky. Please. Becky comes out to start Raw, cuts a babyface promo, talks about how she was blinded by the glitz and the glamour and blah blah mm-hmm. blah. You know, reference the shoulder injury that she's got to go away for a while, but that you know when she comes back, it's going to be you know just like the old days. Blah blah blah. blah. Calls out Bianca. We have another show of respect. And then as Becky leaves the ring, the fact that Bianca even acknowledges, like, you know, Becky was a bitch. Like, well, I didn't know if I could trust her, uh, but I respect the hell out of that woman, blah, 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 blah. And then we get everything that happens with Bailey's group, jumping, you know, jumping uh, Becky in the back. Yeah. To, like, really sell the point. Oh, she's gone for a while. She's going to be gone for a while. But then everything that we did with Asuka and with Alexa Bliss, like how that match gets interrupted by Bailey's group, which eventually leads to them getting beat down, which eventually leads to, you know, Bianca coming out to make the save and the fact that we have that singles match with Bianca and Io, which, by the way, the fact that we got to see Io Sky... In a match that got significant time on Raw against I, the Raw Women's Champion. I thought it was a little early, but then I'm like, you know what? No, we need to have this match. It introduces Io Sky, shows the uh, the main roster fans what she can do because she never wrestled in the main roster, and against your women's Raw Women's Champion. And the, match a lot had, of time. And, and the match had no finish, which you're like, oh, this was like a staple of of the Vince era, but. Now we have gang warfare. We have three on three. We're building to a to a, a six woman tag match that, that's going to be happening. Like fact that you have all these storylines that you're now building. I felt like between SummerSlam, Raw, and then what we eventually would see on SmackDown, the rehab of the women's division is going very well. Yeah. Like, whereas we were maybe not so much down on the state of the women's division, but just like. They have the pieces there. They just don't know what the fuck they're doing with them. Now we can see, all right, we are definitely laying the foundation for some great storylines to be told over the next couple of months. And I feel like the rehab, already in a week and a half's time, is going over full swing. Yeah, the woman's... Yeah. So, just to give you a heads up, you said about wrestling. Um, July 4th episode of Raw was 57 minutes of just wrestling. August, August first, the one we're talking about right now. Right after Seventy-eight minutes of wrestling, in-ring wrestling. Yeah, I mean, it, it was one of those things. You didn't, you didn't have too many quick matches, or if it was a quick match, it bled over into another match that got significant time. Like it, it felt like they actually gave them time to work in the ring. And at the end of the day, that is how you get over with the crowd. Yeah, the stuff you do on the mic and everything's great. The backstage segments, all that stuff, that's all well and good. But the only way you're going to get over with the crowd and the only way that you're going to organically get better at the craft of being a wrestler, Mm -hmm. which, by the way, the fact that they could actually call them wrestlers again, holy shit. But the fact that we're putting the emphasis back on the the second W in WWE, that's big. It is. It's a step in the right direction. And then Io Bianca, before it ended in with a no contest, that's 17 minutes. It went 17 minutes before. I was going to say, yeah. say about 20, because I remember, like, man, they're giving these girls some time. That, that I was whole, happy for them, yeah. That, that, whole, that whole night, Lexus Bliss and, and come on, Randy, every time I point you, that means Asuka. you got to say, thank you. All right. <laughs> went two minutes and 31 seconds. 
And the only the only thing I was really disappointed is that that first match, AJ Styles, Mustafa Ali, and The Miz only went eight minutes and forty one seconds. That's that was the lowest for the men's, and then the lowest was for the women two two thirty one. But everybody else went over ten minutes each. Yeah, so I think you still gonna that's gonna but happen. Even, but even that eight minute match, like like for the the triple the triple threat uh, for you know that contender spot, they still got a lot of good stuff in. I was gonna say like you don't need. Under ten minutes I, is still fine. It felt, it felt I, I, like more than minutes, ten minutes, eight minutes, but like eight minutes, I understand. I could go eight minutes for Champa, uh, Chad Gable, and Dolph Ziggler, but when you got Styles, Mustafa, and and the Miz, give them fifteen minutes and just let's see what can happen. Because I think those a lot of, I think they could more more things could happen and kind of bled into something more in the future. Because that you have three, you have three great. You have a great athlete in, in, in Ali. You got a great heel in the Miz, and you got probably one of the greatest of all time. We're just gonna in, in put styles. together on the yeah. fly. So I, I was fine with that. But, but even, but even saying, like though. the finish was the, the it was finish, not put on the fly, dude. The finish was fucking. Everything has a little kind of the finish in that match. Holy uh, shit, was that was that a fucking great spot? Mustafa Ali hits his like four fifty splash off uh-huh. the top rope on the Miz. But then as he's coming off of it, fucking AJ catches him for the Styles Clash on top of Miz. Yeah. I mean, that was just a fucking amazing spot. Like, it's like I said, just like, you saw a lot of stuff happen on Raw that you hadn't seen in a while. And again, it's that whole energy, that vibe. Every wrestler with an added pep in their step, like they have something to prove. Like, it's big. So, but yeah... That just lets you know raw, and then dude, like I had work Friday, so I didn't. I didn't even record SmackDown. Shame on me. I didn't really know what to think. I'll be honest. I still ha- watch SmackDown. I know what happened. Well, okay, so but I, like I still haven't had a chance to actually. Ramsey showed me the actual thing because, because, like, literally, I get yeah. home at about eleven o'clock. I, I oh, at, I watch. I, I watch the clip of the end. I look at my phone. Right? I look at my phone, and I'm sitting there seeing somebody beat up Drew McIntyre. I'm like, I'm like, who is this guy? I don't know who this dude is because like you're just seeing like he's he's bent over and he's doing this. I can't see his face. I just see hair, and I'm like, I don't who's hair. I was like, I don't know. He's got a leather jacket, and then uh, music hits. You already but they didn't. They didn't. I saw like I saw. I was like, music hits. I was like, and then Ramsey showed me the actual scene from the beginning. So Roman Reigns, you hear Drew McIntyre's. I mean, I, like I said, I don't really know what, all the things that happened on SmackDown. I'm kind of gloating over that, but. The fact that Triple H brought back Karrion Cross with Scarlet. That's the big thing. That that is the big thing with Scarlet. So okay, so going into Clash of Champions, you have Drew McIntyre versus Roman Reigns. And they're getting ready to set that up. And then out of nowhere, you hear Karrion Cross's music hit. You see a female with her back turned. You see like this weird crow, this music, this eerie music, the lights kinda go out. And then Karrion, and then Drew's turned back to see what's going on. Karrion jumps him, beats the crap out of him, lays uh, lays out Drew McIntyre. Then all of a sudden, he stares at uh, Karrion Cross, stares at the bloodline, Roman Reigns, and then here comes Scarlet with, with the, the hourglass. Yeah, she sets it right on the ring apron, flips it over, and then it's kind of like TikTok Roman Reigns. So what does this mean for Clash of the Champions or Cla- so, yeah, Clash yeah, of the yeah, Castle? Yeah. So yeah. let's go with this because earlier today, because. Kurt was like, I don't understand why they, he's going to stop a rivalry with uh, with uh, Drew McIntyre before. I'm like, 
uh, did you actually see what happened? Like, he didn't know. Yeah, he know. started a fucking rivalry with everybody in that fucking ring. See, in that here, arena that night. See, but here's the thing, all right? So there, there's there's multiple things that kind of come out of this, right? So USA is pressuring WWE, especially Thank now you. that the old man touch is on gone. This. Yes. All right? Like, the fact that you unify the belts, we don't have a big presence of a champion on our program mm-hmm. pissing us off. Yeah. We need that belt. We need they, one of those belts They back, said... Okay? Yeah. You know, Roman wants to be part-time, that's fine. You need to get a champion that's going to be here fucking full-time. Yeah, they brought up the fact, like, we want an interim champion. And I'm like, it's not a terrible idea, but why not just work something to where you can take a belt off Roman? D- figure a way to do that. The whole unifying the belts made sense at the time if Roman was going to be there on a weekly basis. The fact that as soon as they unified the belts, Roman was like, "Yeah, hey, I'm going part-time. Yeah. That hurt. Uh, and, and, that, and that makes that decision to unify the belts terrible. Because you have so but, many big superstars on your brand. Now you could do two. You could work it out with two champions on both rosters. I, th- mm-hmm. I feel you can do that now. Especially with Triple H. You'll find better storylines. How do you get the belt off of Roman? But, but, so, so here's the other thing, too, though. Now, now that we get to Clash at the Castle, is, it gonna, is that match going to be for both belts? Does that match become a triple threat? That was what I was saying. Does it become a triple threat? Does Carrion eat the eat the loss, which still makes Roman look strong? They get to put a put a belt on Drew. Do, 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 does it stay a singles match? Drew wins one of the belts, or, yeah. or, or, or wins both, and then immediately is now in a feud with Carrion Cross. Like there, there's so many different angles that you could play this. Does Carrion Cross stay on SmackDown and start in a feud with Roman? Like it, it, again, there's so many different ways. But immediately the presentation. First off, I will say this: I do think Carrying Cross looks a lot better with hair than without. Thank you. So that that's point number one. I thought he looked more menacing without the hair, but either way, uh, it, it, it it's all good. Two, the presentation with Scarlet. Yeah. And and even the hourglass spot. Like, how do you fuck that up the first go around? Like. That happened on SmackDown and immediately and announced Karrion Cross is here. Holy fuck, new error. Mm-hmm. Why don't you do that with him the first go around? And like to me, just something that small and that simple is one of the big reasons why you know. Thank God Vince is not calling the shots anymore. Oh, let's take away what made Karrion uh, Cross badass in NXT. Let's remove his valet. And then let's just let's have remove his valet. Let's remove let's remove his entire presentation. Yeah, the, the entrance was which was pretty badass. Let's just get rid of that completely. Let's just let him come out to bright lights and like shitty music. And then, uh, well, basically, if you go look at it, what Karen Cross did in NXT, uh-huh. Vince took it, wrote it, and he gave it to Roman because Karen Cross was unbeatable. He was dominating. He was everything the bloodline is now. Karen Cross was just with him and Scarlett. But that's was him in NXT. And then you look at what Roman Reigns does, it's like, oh, unbeatable, unstoppable force. It looks like what what they're writing in NXT, all Vince was doing is copying it and like, oh, here Roman, go do it. You know what this had the feel of though, like in all honesty, like like first off, SmackDown the thing to me, like hands down, was the show of the week. Um, and, and we will talk about some of the other things that happened on SmackDown too, but like that whole thing that happened at the end with Karrion Cross, it almost in a sense was like if you've watched like a 
uh, a beloved TV show for X amount of years. It maybe got like three seasons. They decided to cancel it. You know, that like we're going to give them an abbreviated fourth season and the fourth season's absolute dog shit. And you're like, how does it end like that? Why did it end like that? Blah, blah, blah. And then they come out with a movie later on or they do like a revival of the show years later. Uh-huh. It almost pretends like that last season didn't happen and we pick back up to when this shit was good and we continue telling that story. That's what this, in a sense, felt like. It's like, okay, Karrion Cross is here with Scarlet. We're going to forget about what happened the last time that Karrion Cross was here on the you main roster. It's kind of like... It's a continuation in of what it terms, was. it's like, we're canon, we're canon. Okay, this is... That Karrion Cross is, is filler. filler. <laughs> now yeah. we're going back to yeah, canon. Yeah, now we're back to canon. Yeah. Exactly. This, so this like, is what that felt like. Like, awesome. And, like, oh, it made me so happy. But to touch on... Like I said, I can't really recall everything from SmackDown. Hold on. Because I wanna, before we leave... Just because we were talking about what could happen, Cash Cap, uh, Clash at the Castle, and like Triple Threat. Our friend Kurt here earlier was like, me and him was debating back and forth because we were talking about goes, well, when he said, oh, you know, Karen Cross takes the takes the um, takes the the pin, so makes uh, Roman look uh, still look strong, and then give the title to Drew. And I'm like, why do you think they're going just going to give the title to Drew? I'm like, why don't you give it a crack uh, to Cross? Because I want to hear your opinion. Because when you when you go through like that, when you go to somebody come brings in back a debut into the main event spot like that, and yes, you like you said he's never been in the main roster. People don't know. People remember his character. Okay, so he remember him. But to build on your point though, okay, it makes a better storyline for Drew too because Drew's been waiting for this moment, right? To, to be able to get that one-on-one match with Roman. Mm-hmm. He finally gets it, and then who fucking steals his moment? Who steals his opportunity? Carrying Cross. Now you have an even bigger baby face in the sense that now the baby face has to chase another person for the belt. And I'm actually it happy builds with that. that storyline. Because I thought the Drew and Roman could go to WrestleMania, I felt, because it was that big of a match. And the fact that this is going to be on, on a Saturday opening week of college uh, football for us in the States... So chances are a lot of people won't watch it, so they have to make it really big over there. And if you if they if they, in fact they do add Karrion Cross to this match, we'll find out in the weeks to come. But it makes things interesting because you still got uh three four weeks. It makes it must see TV in a sense. In a sense, it really does bring you back to the days of the Attitude Era, where you're left with a fucking uh, cliffhanger ending. You're like, what the fuck's going to happen next week? And you have to tune in you next to week in. to see what happens. Yeah, you don't know. This is, that's it's the like beauty of it. that excitement is back, and it's there, and I fucking love it. Um, then you had more development of the women's division on SmackDown because now we got to crown a number one contender to go up against you know Liv Morgan. Now that... Ronda Rousey suspended. suspended. By the way, holy fuck, before we even get to that, let's talk about the crowd reaction at at SmackDown. Where where was SmackDown this past week? Cause the fact Greenville, that, South Carolina. So fucking Liv Morgan comes out to cut a promo yeah. and the fans are booing the fuck out yeah. of her. I heard about that. Loud, loud, audible, you tapped out chance. Like, just shitting all over Liv Morgan, cheering Ronda Rousey. It was crazy. Because especially, like, you go from the pop that she got when she won the belt at Money in the Bank, 
and the pops that she had been getting on Raw and SmackDown leading up to SummerSlam. She even got a pop at Raw after SummerSlam. But then for SmackDown, for them to boo the fuck out of her. And give Liv Morgan credit for this because, like, I know she went out there expecting to cut one promo. She had to kind of call an audible in the ring. I think she handled it well. But... That's but that's 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 one of the things. You don't have a baby face. You can't have them fucking tap out. Even though that she did did the win, it makes her weak and everything. Mm. And you're gonna give them the opening criticism of this. But here's another thing too. When Roman Reigns says, "I hate Brock Lesnar," they fucking pop for fucking uh, uh, Roman Reigns, and they were they booing were, they were Brock. Yeah. So, I don't know, South Carolina... Like, <laughs> they were cheering shit out. It was a bizarre These are degenerates in, in, in America, you know, because they're South Carolina. You know, they're the first one to fucking secede from the fucking Union. So, they're, they're not right in the fucking heads, okay? It's it, it, was defi- it, it, definitely, it definitely felt like that, like a Raw after WrestleMania or something like that, where it was like a bizarro show. Bizarro world. Everything. Like, things are yeah. the opposite of what they should be. Yeah. But, but no, like, that was just a very interesting dynamic. So, I mean, I'll be interested to see where we go from here. I think the fans will probably keep booing Liv, though. I think that's going to be the theme. But then we had the gauntlet match to determine a new number one contender for Liv. And granted... You had a few fresh faces that were in there that it's uh-huh. like they hadn't really been built strong or built strong to this point. Mm-hmm. So it's like, do they really have a realistic chance? Long and short of it, I think it's like I can't remember if it was six or eight women that competed in the match. We get to the finish, which Seven. is fucking Shayna Baszler yeah. is your new number one contender. And going back to everything with Ronda Rousey, because like I said, like that the finish of that match and how it played out. Carries over to Shayna Baszler because who is Shayna Baszler's BFF in the wrestling See, kayfabe that's world? That's where I was going. Ronda Rousey. Now Shayna Baszler's your number one contender at Clash of the Castle against Liv Morgan. I say, hey, let Shayna Baszler win the belt. Let her be the badass. Uh, now her and Ronda, that's your money match. That's the match fans want to be interested in because they were like the four. I don't say the four horsewomen, but they were like you're supposed to have the original four horsewomen: Charlotte, Becky, Sasha. And Bailey going up against you know Ronda, uh, Shayna Baszler, and the other two girls. Well, because they were going by the four horsewomen in the yeah, NBA exactly. world, and then you had the four women of the WWE, four horsewomen of the WWE world, and it's like those two worlds collided. It was, in the a, ring. It was supposed to be a match. Yeah. So I would love to see Shayna Baszler, a badass NXT Shayna Baszler, return and going up against Ronda. That to me is a great see, match. But do you make Ronda the heel or the face in that dynamic? Well, see, Ronda's just the badass. She's great. No, I, I get that, but I mean, at the same point in time, I feel like, especially if you're going to do that match, mm-hmm. I feel like you would have to build Ronda in some way. She would have to be a face in a, in a turn because Shayna makes a great heel. I couldn't see Shayna being a face. It just, yeah, her, no. her, her no. image, everything just doesn't, I don't think it would work for that. Like She's just the badass. Or or do we do we see something where Ronda fucking comes out and costs Shayna her chance? And I'm not necessarily saying that Shayna goes like straight babyface, but that's how like the match with them like Liv still Shane remains champion. Babyface. Yeah, I can't but, see Shayna being a babyface. But I just I'm not, I'm see not her. saying I'm not saying like babyface like like babyface in that traditional sense. Oh, but, but like she could be a badass who the fans like, cheer. Like, yeah, to me, Ronda that. works best as a fucking heel. I think see, so too. I don't think that. See, I don't think that match. I know as, as much as people like would like to see that match. I don't think that would work. 
to me. Because, like, if you really know them, they're totally fucking best friends outside. Well, well, they yeah, train yeah, together all the time. They are best friends. They had said before that, like, they don't want, they didn't want to face each other, you know, in a match or whatever. But I feel like if you construct the right story, it could work. And I feel like it would be foolish of them to... But this is an MMA. Like, it's, it's wrestling. It's predetermined Eddie Guerrero Drew uh, are best friends like just like, true yeah. but like but when you when you have them see the thing too like one thing about wrestling fan wrestling fan bleeds into UFC and when UFC you, you they had documentaries about them being best friends and stuff yeah. So yeah, it's kind of like it's, it's kind of like no and it's just like I don't know it just to me is like you know what to me was lost in this was like the person that looked like fucking came out of this match she lost but came out even stronger is Raquel Rodriguez. Yeah, you kind of build her up as a monster with certain spots in the match. You know, because I thought, like when I was seeing when I was seeing the match, I was like, "Fuck, yes." Uh, to Raquel, me, her image kind of took Raquel a hit. Raquel winning the championship. What I was like, "Yes, let's this." This is they right. need to make her more of a badass because she's just her smile all the time is just kind of. I mean, yeah, she's a big, strong, like powerful, you like person. But uh, I think Shayna was the right call. And I think Ra- Raquel Gonzalez or Rodriguez, whatever. It's Rodriguez. So. It's Rodriguez now. No. Um, yeah. She will get her shot down the road. Oh, she will. Because what's going to happen is some bullshit that just happened with fucking Ronda. It's going to happen with Shayna Baszler and fucking Liz Morgan. Mm-hmm. Because, hey let's, hey, let's write that shit out. Let's, like, yeah. or, or, better yet, maybe Shayna doesn't. Like maybe Shayna doesn't win the belt. She gets screwed. Kind of maybe the, the same thing happens with her with Ronda. Yeah, like um, maybe her and Ronda team up and they become a tag team. Because here's the other big thing that came you. out of SmackDown: the fact that we finally acknowledged that the women's tag titles are a thing again. So did they announce all the tag teams for the? They did, and actually, like they 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 had a couple of the matches tonight on Raw. So here's the thing. We, we finally get the announcement because after um, Naomi and Sasha Banks were stripped of the titles, they, they became vacant. You know, we were promised that we were going to have a tournament to crown new women's tag champions. And then that announcement came and went and we completely forgot about it for months. You know, we finally had acknowledgement. Hey, we have these belts. We're holding a tournament. We're going to start on Monday Night Raw with you know, with, with qual or well, not with qualify match, but with the first round of the tournament, it's eventually going to build to Clash at the Castle. We're going to crown new women's tag champions. So they announced the brackets. Um, on one side, you have Tamina and Dana Brooke that uh, were going up against Io Sky and Dakota Kai. We were actually watching that match earlier, and Io and Dakota ended up winning to advance, which that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, Tamina and Dana versus Eoskai and Dakota. Yeah. You have Alexa Bliss and Asuka going up against Nikki Ash and Dewdrop. On the other side of the bracket, we have Raquel Rodriguez and Aaliyah teaming up against Zia Lee and Shotzi. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then in the other match, we have an NXT women's duo that's been called up to the main roster. Maybe just for this tournament. Maybe they've been called up for good. Don't know. Yeah. Nikita Lyons and uh, Zoe Stark. Going up against Natalia and Sonya Deville, so we we are going to be crowning new women's tag champions. And what was the big thing that was uh, floating around the rumor mill on Friday while all this is going on? The fact that Naomi and Sasha Banks have been talking with Trips, and there's a good chance that they're going to be coming back very soon. So 
Do we get a situation like with Punk when we had, you know, he wins the belt at Money in the Bank, runs oh, off for two weeks? Yeah, whoever wins these belts, oh, you're just the interim belt. You're not the real champions. You didn't beat us. Yeah, you can do that. Anyway. Yeah, you know, like you crown the new champions at Clash of the Castle and then boom, Naomi and Sasha's music hits. They come out and they have the stare down in the ring. Like, that'll be a big spot. Already the women's tag division is back where it should be relevant. Yes. So you're like me when when you, when they announced this before they announced the tag teams, we were just like, oh yeah, Io and uh, Dakota. Dakota Kai is gonna win it. Oh yeah. Oh, I mean, yeah, well, but- like, look, it, it, it's it's you you have probably the other strongest team in this tournament, so to speak, in Alexa Bliss and Asuka that are in the same bracket as Dakota Kai and Io Sky, because mm-hmm. you think that like. Oh hey, well this is a story that we could tell leading up to Clash at the Castle yeah. where they'll finally clash. It's like, nope, one of these teams is going down, and I think it's obvious that it's gotta be Alexa Bliss and Asuka. But then the beautiful thing with that uh-huh. is that you have Dakota and Eo that will advance to the final. And then on the other side of the bracket, save for Natalia and Sonya Deville that I mean, granted Natalia's been in WWE for forever, it feels like. And Sonya Deville, who's been on the main roster for a while. I was thinking, I would. You have three other teams on that side of the bracket that are fresh faced, haven't been on the main roster mm-hmm. very long, maybe uh, about a year or less. Yeah. Between all of them, like, you're going to get the team that everybody wants to see win it against a young, up and coming team. And that's, that's going to be great because we're getting exposure for these younger talents, we're getting them ring work. We're going to be building up their characters even more. Mainly, look, the big thing is development. We're going to be getting more development of these call-ups. I'm calling it right here. It's going to be Eosky, Dakota Kai versus Zayali and Shotzi in the finals. I could see that. Yeah. Or do, Shotzi's they going to bring her tank back? I, Triple H going to bring her tank back? I bet you. I'll put money on it. I you know like she's been kind of a heel and the tank's more of a face move so I, can, I don't know I can see that the it only, will it will happen the only thing is like just I, like I, like me and you had a discussion about a certain person's a Triple H guy yeah. you know a Triple H woman shots okay but to to counter your point because I I could very well see that but I think that Raquel Rodriguez Aaliyah team might be something not so much on Aaliyah. i mean i think she's got some talent but i do feel like they called her up way too soon oh, fuck yeah, they did. but like to start the build for raquel rodriguez in a real way in i could see that team going up against to the finals dakota, dakota. and eo yeah, and let's not forget too dakota and raquel have a lot of history together yeah, they do whether they touch upon that or not they probably will but yeah, you gotta have the, uh, so say Dakota Kai and Yoshar win the tag team title. So then it's like, okay, well you have a stable. You got two of the members are champions. What's up with Bailey? You know who's oh. she gonna go after? <sighs> Bianca. She's going after Bianca. Oh yeah, she gotta go after Bianca. They got unfinished business from last time. So then their stable wins all the belts. It kind of writes itself. So it'll be interesting to see. It's a good. Oh, look, look. It, it's it's writing up perfectly for SummerSlam. Yep. Or AKA <clears throat> War Games. Oh, some a Survivor Series. Oh yeah. So they touched on this news, whether or not. It's, I know this, this is Ramsey shit because Ramsey loves takeovers, and when they had the when they brought War Games to take over, it was like, oh man. It was, but we were like, they're never gonna bring that shit to the main roster. And then you have AEW doing their uh, blood and guts angle, pretty much the same thing. Mm-hmm. 
now it's like, what would it be to have war games on the main roster? Dude, war games in Survivor Series, it writes, Kinda writes its itself a little itself. bit. Yeah. So we yeah, can Raw make versus SmackDown. We can make war game. We can make the concept of a Survivor Series actually mean something again. If you survive the war games, like there you go. Like fuck. It writes itself. Even if you moved like say Hell in a Cell back to October where it originally was mm-hmm. and you fucking dual war games at Hell in a Cell. That even makes sense. Like there's so many different ways that you could dissect this, but, Wait, but did you just suggest a Hell in a Cell two ring setup? Okay, so the last time they did it, Bloody well, oh, there you go. Like, that's a massive cage. I'm, dude, the, the cage setup they had for AEW was pretty badass. I like that layout. It was a hell in the cell, but just it was bigger. Because you can't do the old school WCW. It's too small. You guys would... And I, I like the way that they had it opened in NXT. I enjoyed that. I liked it being open. Because then you could do jump off the top on, but, and, and dive back into the ring. Is there a ring like... is the, but There's a difference between... A, uh, like the war games cage, like uh, cage, like in NXT, and and is AEWs have the floor in engulfed in the cage, or just on the ring? I'm it, pretty sure it's just on the ring. So if you do like like how how um, yeah. Randy said, you do a, a hell in a cell war game. Where you have the mats open too. You yeah, I'm cool with that as well. Mean tables. Chairs and whatever shit you can hornswoggle. I think it'd be little. It was court. It's gonna. <laughs> it's gonna suck for the people in the arena. That's my only counter to that. But yeah, it'd be fun for the fans, the audience watching live. So well, we'll see what they do. Thing, like, like, like. They're gonna keep it the way they did in NXT. I think they're just gonna do it that way, and I think it'll work perfect that way. But the fact that they're gonna bring it to the main I'm roster saying, just, makes I, me I'm happy. Just saying when he said. When he said Hell in the Cell War Games, you know what? At I will, Dude, I will, I will say Let's this. I will say this, backtracking a bit, because I didn't even get to touch on when Triple H did his first interview mm-hmm. uh, with reporters. It was um, during like the SummerSlam tryouts, the day like that Friday before SummerSlam. Yeah, you know, like when he actually like spent 10, 15 minutes talking to the media after the workout, and. It's like basically said, like, look, I am open to any and all ideas. If you're talent, you come to me with an idea. I'm gonna listen. If you're a, a, a booker, an agent, and you want to come and talk to me about ideas, I'll fucking listen. Whenever uh, somebody was like, oh, well, so does this mean Paul Heyman's gonna be back on the creative team? He's like, look, I'm not gonna say no to any idea. I want any and all ideas. You come to me with it, I will listen. Paul Heyman was 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 help running the freaking uh, tryouts in Nashville. Yeah, I mean, like, the fact that Triple H is like, I want to hear any and all opinions, you know, like, it's going to be a team effort, basically. Like, it's not just going to be me, one person, calling all the shots from, you know, a high throne. Like, you know, we it's going to be a team effort to make this ship sail. It's going to be like, NXT. It has to be. If you do it that way, you stand to have a product that actually... Works. The thing about NXT was there wasn't much, too much mic work, backstage promos, and I feel that is necessary for character development. I enjoy it when it's done right, when you let wrestlers be themselves and not scripted promos that you handwritten right. and memorize lines. I'm still a fan of that, and obviously I want my wrestling too. But 
when you when you if you have like a a sixty forty mix, or if, yeah. if like two thirds of your show is wrestling and then one third of it is like promo, backstage work, whatever, that's a healthy balance. Yeah. When it's like, the reverse, when it's, when it's the opposite, that's not good. No. That's when you're gonna have a shit stagnant product. That's when three hours of Raw is going to be a labor to watch. And then even in SmackDown, there were times when it was more promo work than fucking mm-hmm. wrestling, and the show suffered because of oh, it. Oh, absolutely. So if, if they're able to do that, I mean, it's like, I'm almost forgetting like what we're talking about right now, dude. Like, I just, I'm excited. But yeah, listening to creative, you need to listen to every single idea that comes your way because then it kind of helps mesh certain ideas that could tell a better story overall. You're like, okay, that's not a bad idea. But I, I like what he said. Maybe we can blend these two ideas together. It's just going to flow instead of Vince being the final say-so. And if it's not in his vision, it's not going to happen. No right. So that that to me is exciting as a wrestling fan. I don't know <laughs> if they've been doing this, but the, you know like on the WWE live events, it's Saturday night main event. And then on Sundays, it's WWE live Sunday stunner. Mm-hmm. No, I know that. I didn't. I didn't know that. No, I mean, God, I haven't listened to a house show, and in... I never. I don't want to do house shows. Let's see. I mean, I haven't heard about the house what show the... list in forever. Let's say I know it's getting close to ten o'clock, and where, where it is, they're in a certain facility, so I know we're kind of backtracking. But well, uh, if it happens, it happens. I, I don't we, think it's gonna happen. If, if, if we'll we'll just keep talking. If it happens, you well, might hear us mark out for a second. I don't know, but it, you know, like carrying cross fucking coming out on Friday, fuck well, my head up. Well, look between so between the return of Dakota Kai, the elevation of EO Sky, carrying cross returning. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it is one of those things that like of all the names that were let go, you're really sitting there, you know, licking your lips and. And rubbing your hands like, all right, who who else is going to be coming back? Who who else could potentially okay, so make a return? One name that you know we haven't really touched on, but that garnered a lot of attention uh, yesterday for a tweet that he put out. Mm-hmm. Fucking Bray Wyatt. Mm-hmm. Um, the, oh, because he, you know, because yeah, he cut a a long. He posted a long message that basically touched on cryptic tweet. Yeah, every every fucking possible angle. Like touched on the Undertaker, touched on Cody Rhodes, touched on AEW and Ring of Honor, touched on you know Vince McMahon retiring, cut on um, on Ric Flair and and all this other stuff. Like like basically there were so many shots fired that you you start. You start sitting there and getting the gears turning again, like, holy shit, is Bray Wyatt going to be coming back to WWE at some point? Uh, WWE is in Cleveland tonight. We are we are glued to the TVs as Raw is getting close to its end to see if maybe a certain uh, Cleveland native son is going to be making a return tonight on Raw. Um, well, the first person, when when they said Triple H is running creative and he's running talent relations, I was like... You you know he's coming. You know Gargano's coming back. Yeah, I mean, you know Johnny Everybody Gargano. Here. We're we're on Johnny Gargano watch right now. Raw's in Cleveland. That's kind of why we're kind of like fading off because it's the end of Raw in Cleveland. I know we're like Kurt, Kurt was like naming people I mean, from the AEW. He got Miz and AJ Styles in the main event. Fucking Miz is a Cleveland boy. Granted, he lives in L.A. He builds himself as L.A. But he's still Cleveland at, at his core. Dolph was on. Dolph was on. Well, yeah, Dolph, yeah. and you also had Dana Brooks too. They showed her. They're all from Cleveland. Uh, probably Dana Brooks is from Cleveland. 
Styles Clash. Is somebody else going to help the Miz out? One, two, three. All right, AJ Styles wins. Ciampa had come out a moment ago, but well, he just got put through a table. Yeah, but uh, but yeah, I'm looking at names like yeah, Bray Wyatt, Johnny Gargano, John Morrison, Tegan Knox, Tyler Breeze. These are some of the most notable names for former W superstars who are still believed to be free agents. And it wouldn't be a surprise if some of those uh, wrestlers came back. Oh, but I want to see Tyler Breeze come back. And I want Tyler Breeze from NXT to come back, whoop fucking Austin Theory's ass, but like, give me back my gimmick. He's yeah, oh, yeah, the selfie. Yeah, 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 yeah. I was like, I was, took me a second to realize what you're getting at. Yeah. That would be fun to see. I was going to say, it's 9.58, and AJ Styles just won the match. So, I mean, they Everybody, still have the fans are The fans are just staring out like something's going to happen. Something's got to happen. You know, Kirk, you got to put the audio on. I mean, I mean, like, the fans are going crazy. What's what's going on, people? This is insane. And we're back. Sorry about that, guys. We were we really thought Johnny Gargano was going to debut, and something was going on that was drawing our attention, which but, was weird. But then, boy, but so they they didn't really mention it on the air. Okay, so and they didn't really like well, zoom in and acknowledge. Real it. quick, before you may notice. Well, shit, now I don't want to give the reveal. Go ahead and say it, and I'm going to give all the props to EJ. Cause he, well, well, no, because, like, you know, AJ is celebrating props. in the ring, and you could see, like, off on the side camera or whatever, like, police Secu crowding, like, like police crowding somebody. Yeah, and everybody's turning by their the heads barricade over, like, who's side. getting arrested, yeah. You know, the camera's not zooming in on anything. This is just kind of happening on the side. And, you know, you, they, you finally get sort of a look at the person. I mean, the we camera shot to, far. It's yeah, not, we literally had to pause it and actually, like, walk up to the screen to get a good look. But somebody's getting dragged from ringside. You can hear the announcers like, is, is, that, is, that, is, that, is that Dexter Loomis? Like, literally, like, whispering, is it Dexter Loomis? And fucking Ramsey over here with his cap on. You know, uh, over his eyes, just gloating like a motherfucker that, over here. Like, well, I'll give Ramsey this. He he <laughs> did say earlier that uh, he did mention Loomis coming back. He did say that earlier. I don't know if you were here for that, but he did no. tell me that uh, we, Dexter we, Loomis. We were kind of talking about because we were like free agents that are out there that'll probably be called back. Uh, he did mention Dexter Loomis, and lo and behold, the fucking way was over. It was so over NXT, uh -huh. and they had the right. All of them are damn near. In the main roster, pretty much. I mean, you can put him well, on shit, the street. Theory group. was part of that group, so I was like, mm -hmm. fuck. Yeah, Theory was the, the throwaway. But you, yeah, Theory. But you had Loomis. Loomis was the one that wasn't really in the way, but he married himself in the way. But then the way it was gone because Candace LeRae was pregnant. It, it was mm -hmm. it just it was crazy, but hey, there you go. Let's bring the way back. We'll see. I don't know if they're going to give him his own character. What's going to happen if they bring up uh, oh, Andy actually, I think that Andy was a little Harwell. seed. Andy Harwell, thank you. I think that's a little seed. Mm -hmm. I think, yep, you're going to see, like, a, might see him again next week. Everyone's like, oh, yeah, you're in Cleveland. Oh, yeah, Jordy, Jordy, Johnny Gargano's going to be on here. Yeah, no, we're going to give you Dexter. <laughs> we're going to give you the Herald. Of Maybe next week you see Andy Hartwell get pulled off by the police. I think there's a little seeds to be like, Yep, we're about to do something. Someone's coming, and all of a sudden, and then he makes his reveal whenever. You, yeah, you build it up. They're giving you tiny bits. But, but, but you see, like you get the fact that they didn't even like really acknowledge it, or you, they barely acknowledged it. Now I got to be like, all right, I have to tune into Raw next week to see if they're gonna fucking acknowledge it. 
if we're actually going to show video of what they happened. They actually like, did something that's smart. They did an Easter egg. They didn't do mm -hmm. like a reveal. Be like, oh, it was they, didn't, a, they didn't slap you upside the it, head with it. It's an Easter egg. But they made the thing. You have to, well, the you have to think about it. Was that it was from a hard camera far away. You couldn't see specifically, and the announcers never confirmed it. They were all kind of confused, too. It was like, is that Dexter Loomis? Because normally in Vincent Man era, they would have had the camera zoom in. The, the announcers would have been like, that's Dexter Loomis. That, you know? No, you know it would have been, that's Dexter Loomis. That's, that's, uh, uh, Hayden. Heidenreich, uh, or they giving him some stupid fucking name. They would have took off Dexter Loomis. It would have just been like, yeah, whatever. Yeah. Can 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 uh, Gunter now go back to being fucking? Um, oh, Walter. 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 Yeah. yeah. Can, can can we please? Well, not now. But uh, I, I tell you what, uh, Dominic. Uh, Dijakovic, Dijakovic. Yeah. is going to get repackaged. Yeah. Guarantee you that one. They've already said as much that they're they're going to be, you know, getting so, rid of that fucking T-Bar name. Oh, that was so terrible. And speaking of which, I've been looking at the pictures on Instagram. I'm digging the... Uh, I'm laughing, but I'm digging the, uh, the LA... Uh, the Maxwell uh, The Maxwell models. <laughs> the fucking pictures just killed me, man. Yeah, no, like, you know what? That, that was a gimmick that was fucking dead to rights in the Vince era. But, like, I think with Triple H kind of taking over that. Like, because everybody thought whenever they introduced his sister or whatever like that. That he was going to leave. The, the, yeah. the right Nelly night out of it. Like, no, we, we could potentially have something here. We're going to salvage this, you know? Like, oh, wait, oh, yeah, now it's on Twitter. Fucking, we're, we're looking at Dexter Loomis being dragged out. Thank you to the fans in the crowd because... Uh, <laughs> yeah, like, why did he get arrested? What actually, did he do? Actually, that is WWE's official Twitter that's posting that, but yeah. Yeah, like, it is. So it's like, like, what did he do to get arrested? You know, that, well, it's all, look, it's beauty. Well, well no, he, he, was try, he was trying to basically jump the jump the rail, and so, like, police caught him and everything like that, but, yeah, like. <laughs> Crazy, man. And dude, we've been sitting here talking, ruminating for a while. We haven't even touched on anything else. No AEW, no nothing. Dude, and, like, and, and like, I, I was thinking that. Sometimes, sometimes AEW has been taking the spotlight from WWE. Nine WWE version. W, take it back. We're in the we're in the Triple H era. Well, look, let's touch on that for a second. So our first thing when Triple H took over was like, oh my God, all these release stars that signed with AEW, are they going to cut ties and cut loose? And then Tony Khan's like, man, they're signing five-year deals. They ain't I, going I didn't think that. So. The first thing I thought was, the first thought was, when they said they, they took over was, Johnny Gargano's coming back. That was the first thing came on my mind because he hasn't signed that's, the biggest, like, that's the biggest Triple H guy. If you go look at NXT history, that's the guy that was highlighted all the time. I really thought it was Adam Cole, honestly. No, 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 no. I really... But go, look, go look at the elevation of NXT, and who was that person to carry NXT? He is NXT. Yeah, That's you know, how he got the Johnny Wrestling Mr. nickname. He, yeah, he was the heart and soul of NXT. DIY, then going to that feud with fucking Ciampa, then going into the feud with Adam Cole. He was the one. He's been the main player yeah, he's the been Triple a, H has. Probably the longest tenured NXT wrestler under the Triple he's H era, been for sure. The, he's been the guy. And that's the guy. That is that is a Triple H guy. Undersized, over, can be over as a freaking heel, over as a mm -hmm. fucking face. And everybody but, wants him back. As much yeah. as everybody can't stand his fucking wrestling style, that's the guy. Well, now that's the first one. 
now it's like, okay, now these these guys, these smaller guys now know these Triple H guys, you're good workers. They now stand a chance of making in the product, so people are going to be more inclined to go back to WWE now. So it is going to be intriguing to see what happens. And the thing about AEW that's kind of intriguing now is they're starting to build up to that, the three-way belts. And then the you, trios, had, yeah. you had Undisputed Era finally break away from the elite. So you ha- you're having things go on. That are intriguing. You're planting the seeds because we don't know for certain if Kenny Omega is going to be coming back at All Out or not. Oh, speaking of which, uh, they just confirmed that CM Punk might not be ready for All Out. So then you're going to have possibly another, like, you have uh, John Moxley getting ready to defend his belt against Chris Jericho this week. So what's going to happen? They don't know if CM Punk will be back for All Out. Uh Well, there's. Well, I'm just saying, whoa, whoa. Ah, well. No, like, like let, let's talk about AEW real quick for a bit because we spent the last hour and a half kind of talking about all the bombshell stuff that's going on with so, WWE. It's but insanity. like, it, but I was gonna say you continue to see the elevation uh, of Moxley as a fighting champion. That like, really, if you want to talk about the standard bearer for AEW, ever since Moxley joined that organization, it's been him. Thank you. Um, I will tell you. No, go ahead. I'm so sorry. Well, no, but you also are starting to see a little more development with a lot of the underutilized guy. That whole thing that they did um, last, uh, like on last week's Dynamite, mm-hmm. with, or no, not last week's, not, two weeks ago on Dynamite with fucking Ricky Starks squashing Danhausen in less than a fucking minute, mm-hmm. taking on another challenger, fucking Hook getting music. beat by Hook. Yep. And then, like doing the doing the the full turn of Ricky Starks to face, and just putting over Powerhouse Hobbs as a fucking monster heel. That spot, because like, look, Ricky Starks had been fucking building a head of fire over the last like couple of months. Like, he's ready to break out, and. Like, dude, like he, like to me, it's well, not even the, the Ricky Stars character, but I'm glad what they're doing, what they're doing with him. But like, on the mic, he is like another rock, or like he has the mm-hmm. potential to be a rock on the mic, like electrifying, charismatic. Mm-hmm. He oozes charisma. He can get over. His in-ring work is solid. I think he could still definitely grow a little bit from that standpoint. But I mean, like. I feel like he is that guy that could work face or heel just based off his charisma and mic work alone. Dude, what you're saying right now is exactly how I feel. And look, kudos to Ricky Starks, New Orleans boy. I'm happy for him. I want to see him succeed. Product of Wildcat Wrestling. Exactly. I mean, fucking but got a rep. what you're saying right now about Ricky Starks is how I feel with the, with the acclaimed. They're building him up. Yes. They're getting him over. They're... Having the head that dumpster match was kind of a you know was what it was with the, with the uh, the gun club, but you see them they're over with the fans. Yes. So I couldn't dude. Speaking of which, I could not believe they put the belts so quickly on Swerve Strickland and Keith Lee. Now obviously they're big names, but because he had um, so obviously the Young Bucks had the longest reign with the belt. They're the first two time AEW Tag Team Champions. Now they also had the shortest reign with the belts. I'm guessing because I think Matt Jackson are. 
one of them got hurt. I think he has his finger or like got concussed or something. Well, Either but then, way, but then you also had to build them for a trios belts. Exactly. So, like, so I thought that was coming up too. So it is nice to see Swerve Strickland and Keith Lee get those belts. But even then, it, it's like okay, they have it. They, they have a partnership, but it's a very Swerve Strickland still doing heel stuff on his own. Yeah, like so. We're, uh... It's a set up down the road, but I'm just saying, like with the acclaimed, they better put the belts on them sooner rather than later. You gotta strike while the iron's strike hot. Strike while the iron's hot and they're getting over with that audience. So I'm happy to see them get their 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 due. But I mean Dynamite's over here still putting out a quality show every week. Um even even like the Dynamites, like that's a beautiful thing. Like we were kinda of sitting there thinking like an hour wrestling show, like in this day and age, can that still really work? Can you really get in everything you need to? But it's an hour that just flows quick, great wrestling. You maybe fit in a promo here and a promo there, but it's just it, it's an hour that whizzes by. Yeah, it's three and it matches keeps you and like wanting a promo, more. and you're like, okay, that's good enough for me. Um, we we had uh, Ring of Honor. Um, I can't think of the, the 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 fucking name of the Death Before Dishonor. Oh, that was before that. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, hell of a fucking uh, program. You know, Claudio Castagnoli winning winning the his first the ever ROH world, world championship. Title. Yeah, like fucking about goddamn time. Like we did, we did something so simple with fucking Cesaro within the first month of him being there that WWE could have done, should have done forever ago. Exactly. Like, look, put the belt on him for for a cup of coffee if if you aren't sure if he's going to be able to get over with the crowd as champion oh, or not. Give him, yes, yeah, give him the title for a cup of coffee, and if it doesn't work, then take it off him. And one of the things AEW did that I got to give them utmost kudos for was that okay Brian Danielson was gone with a concussion they bring him back and then he goes up against Daniel Garcia mm -hmm. and what do you do he puts over Daniel Garcia he does the uh Shawn Michaels mm -hmm. Owen Hart concussion angle he came back too soon he wasn't quite ready to come back so then Garcia is just doing all these moves so you know he's not 100% Brian's kind of fading he falls is he okay what's going on but the fact that it also puts over Garcia as a fucking technical wrestler because mm -hmm. it's like, oh, is his head fucked up? I'm just going to focus on his head for the entire match. Exactly. And like, oh, chef's kiss. Beautiful. And Brian passed out. So technically, Dick Garcia wins by uh, submission or, you know, technical knockout, we're going to call it. But he wins. He wins the match. He's got to win over Brian Danielson. So it puts over Daniel Garcia as a future star in a sense so. and, and, but you, you know what it was also a consolation prize that because going back to Ring of Honor's death before Dishonor he loses to Wheeler Yuta in a fucking great pure match yeah for the pure belt and then yeah he lost that match but then he comes out a few nights later and fucking gets that win over Brian Daniels that's to me bigger huge. than that belt in my opinion well yeah, yeah so I was like wow that was but I mean, then, then you had the Briscoes and FTR that had another fucking banger of a match. And it was good news kind of coming out before that pay-per-view that, like, the Briscoes are signed to a new contract with Ring of Honor. For Ring of Honor, yeah. Yeah, yeah so, I mean, they're still going to be around. It's not like we're, you know, maybe we'll see them pop up on Impact or maybe we'll see them, you know, in... You know, GCW well, that's what they were or doing. NWA. Well, oh, yeah, but it's also like, okay, well, we need to be able to see them more often. And, like, I know that, well, mm, kind of the, the, it's interesting with the HBO Max uh, Discovery Plus landscape right now because there was all this talk about, you know, 
AEW getting on HBO Max or with Warner Media and then maybe doing their streaming on there. But now that Discovery Plus's new executives are like slashing a lot of HBO Max stuff. Ooh, I don't know. Now now it's kind of troubled waters with uh, AEW. Like their their TV future, their streaming future, at least through Warner Media. That that's kind of questionable up in the air right now. But from from an in ring standpoint, AEW is firing on all cylinders. Yet can't you fucking people learn? Don't repeat history. You saw what they did with WCW. Why do you think it's fucking different 20, 20 something years after later? It's all, dude, all these mergers and fucking. Oof. Well, that's kind of out of AW's control, but that's what yeah. happened with yeah, Ted Turner. No, you, AOL, you, had to sign, you, signed, you signed a TV deal with, with a network that has proven that something that was working, they will shut it down. Just saying. Well, you need to have, you need to get on TV. TNT was probably the only network to do it, and then all of a sudden they have a merger. That's out of their control. I guarantee there's probably plenty. There's probably, there are probably other networks that that wants to be in the business. I mean, right right now, the cable channels, cutting cords, what realistically, what other network, or maybe it was the homage to, hey, WCW's on TNT, we'll go on TNT, we have a building. I know, I know USA, I know USA doesn't want to part, or NBC doesn't want to part with, uh, with, you know, Raw with with WWE, but if Fox throws enough money at them and say WWE just jump ship over to Fox, that would be a precedent set because WWE and NBC have a huge history together. Yeah, and if WWE is. completely abandons Peacock, what abandons NBC, what if? To whatever scored lover, that won't happen. I don't think it's gonna happen either. I think I, I'm just that, saying that, that won't happen because let me tell you right now. Uh, about business and sports. If you, and I have to go to college football with this one. Back in the day, when the Big Ten got the Big Ten Network became in, and then Fox came in and said we're going to be, they were running the the Big Ten Network, and then they opened up the Pac-12 Network, and midway through they abandoned the fucking Pac-12 Network, which Fox <laughs> did. So if you're even if you're WWE, which with with um, I, I think uh, Mr. Khan's not going to allow that to happen. Was yeah, they will learn how to pull the trigger because if you leave Universal, then you leave their their plat their the Peacock. Yeah, and so with that, you now you have to trust Fox to run their sports. You mean Disney? Oh, well, you know Fox, Fox, F- F- Disney owns. The movie studios. The movie studios and FX and F- FXX, like all that part. Like Fox Fox is not owned by Disney. Now you have to trust Fox because look what Fox Fox sold off the movie studios, the production company, and all the sports networks. So you really gonna trust them to to, to run your freaking your I'm just your saying if, if Fox threw a shit ton of money. Or even if say, you know, somehow um SmackDown ends up back with NBC, and like instead of it airing on um, USA, it ends up airing on say NBC, NBC proper. Maybe Fox makes a play for AEW. I don't. Know. I mean, I'm just saying, like yeah, can, there could I, I be see that. there see could that be a too. move like that in the future. Going back though about um, talents that could be coming back, or even maybe making the jump to WWE. I think now. With the Triple H running WWE, that chance of 
one Maxwell Jacob Freeman making the jump over to WWE, I, I think that chance goes up quite a few ticks. Like I think the betting odds are that or even higher now. I think I think those betting odds went up when when uh, once when one, uh, once Cody went back, went back to WWE. That's well, that. That, those odds were even. I thought I'm thinking here thinking I'm like uh, Matt, <coughs> MJF wouldn't work in a Vince McMahon run company because he's too small but now you got Triple H you're like perfect it's like a given now now I think when his contract's up he's going to be 100% you have to and oh, he was going with, with one, once Cody jumped ship and went to WWE yeah that was that's, I think they would have screwed him over if Vince was still in charge I don't think they would have booked him properly they wouldn't have they would have threw a lot of money at him, but they just would have been in the background. He probably would have put him as a manager. No do, you think, do you think he would have even been able to keep his MJF name? Yeah, I know. You don't think Vince would have rechanged it to... You know what? You know what? Probably so, because if a lot of the people... Look look at the people that came in, too. It just depends where he signs. If he signs an NXT deal, yeah, he would have, he would be able to keep kept his name. Because look at everybody that came in that they, they, they kept their names, you know. I yeah, think, but yeah, but if MJF say were to jump in a Vince in a, in a world where Vince McMahon still runs WWE, Vince McMahon now runs NXT, not true, Triple H. True, true. But here's also too. So even if he made the jump to the NXT, fans would keep calling him MJF. I think you have to listen to the fans because that's something that he's already he's already fucking over and known. But but his contract's I think till 2025, so he's not going anywhere anytime soon. <laughs> Um, I I think now I think now that gives I think that gives Tony Khan though even more incentive to try to lock him in and be like I will throw whatever fucking money I have to to keep you. Well, here. I think so. I think Tony Khan will be Kinda like, all right, you know what, a bit more. fucker, I'll because he just wants to remain on the contract. He just wants more money. I want to know how the contracts are set up. Is there buyouts? Because if there's buyouts, yeah, I, I, I think buyouts are going to be. You probably see buyouts going to be bad. I think the first buyout is going to be William Regal. That's going to be the first buyout. He's going to buy out his contract. I mean, WWE's going to buy out his contract. Yeah, I'd have to. I know they still independent contractors. Which I, is I weird, don't know. I don't still... know. But that's going to be the that's going to be the first person to jump. That's the that's the first person that's going to be out of AEW back to WWE. That's that's William Regal. Cause yeah, I'm a fan of that's that. Them. Look, I'm just going to say, just think about the future of WWE. Let's say they get Bray Wyatt back. Now you got Bray Wyatt. Cody Rhodes is coming back, which I won't be shocked. Cody Rhodes is back there now helping out with creative. But just think you get you got Cody Rhodes, Bray Wyatt coming back. You got Run Regal with Triple H, Shawn Michaels. Have those minds and creative. Oh, here's somebody for you who I'd love to see. He's got a torn uh, bicep, but I could see him coming back in a Triple H run era. Oh, fuck yeah, man! Even with even with uh, even Triple H, I think even with with Vince McMahon in charge, he would have been there next year because he's done enough in yeah, the show. In the like, indies. like I've, he's taken. He's done the the McIntyre walk of, uh, walk of fame, uh-huh. and he's done exactly what you need to do to do what he's following right the path of McIntyre. I think he's done enough to hey. I think they were going to warrant to give him back, just like how Cody, Cody McIntyre, and and Madonna, 
Matt Cardona. Yeah. I mean, I, I'm all for it, you know? I think he's so, done enough. I think John Moxley has done enough to, to warrant comeback. You know, I think his thing was with about Vince. Look, I don't. I don't think it's just Vince though, because he he had a lot of harsh words for Kevin Dunn, and he fucking hates Kevin Dunn. Kevin I think Dunn's as, out of that fucking company. I was to say, I think as long as Dunn is still there, though, I don't think Moxley would even entertain that. I think Dunn's Dunn will be Dunn. We're just buying time for him to be done. Dunn's gonna be done. <laughs> I think so. Yeah. Um... But I just think the creative. Hey, look, I won't be shocked too. Look, we are all gonna know. We all know. You, you, Jericho's going to end his career in the WWE. But also, too, uh, I think he's going to end his career in WWE, but I think he's going to have a lot big say with the in, in the behind the stage, too, because you got to think of the creative mind that he has. I, Triple H, like I said, it's not going to be one person. It's going to be everybody. Because you got to remember back, too, like I don't know how ingrained that NXT is, but when Bailey was in NXT... She was producing the women's matches in Gorilla. Yeah, she was like she was. The she was yeah. the Bailey was a key cognate. They were teaching Bailey how to. She was helping mm-hmm. running um, in Gorilla the the women's division in NXT. So the mindset of what's going back there, I think it's just going to be like it's going to be, it's a it's a everybody put their input and we're going to make it work. It's going to be like an NXT familiar, and it's going to be exciting. If I'm AEW, oh shit, that's the worst thing you could happen was Triple H being in charge. Because the loyalty that people have, like, I don't care what you're going to say. Adam Cole, um, uh, Keith Lee, Sir, all these guys, I guarantee in a heartbeat, if they could find a way to get the fuck out of AEW right now and head back to fucking Triple H, they will. I, 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 100% agree with them. Because it's, it's the loyalty. NXT has a... And just think about it. Go look out in the, in the, in the landscape of North America and go see the fingerprints of Triple H. I'm not completely writing off AEW yet, but a lot of those names you brought up but there's that there's still signed for like five years or whatever Tony Khan said. So that's true. But also, here's the thing too: if they they're saying they're having problems with with Warner and stuff like that, then you gotta think too: is like, cause look, is Tony Khan right? Is, is Tony there Khan, is there right? gonna be an AEW in five years? A lot, a lot, a lot. That is a great question. A lot, unless like, I, which I've thought about myself many times. Unless this shit kind of gets straightened out soon. Yeah. And by soon, I mean, like, really, especially a lot of the stuff with HBO Max, just, just, like, from that aspect, from the streaming aspect, they're saying that, like, in a year's time, so, like, summer next year is when HBO Max will be no more and it will be absorbed into Discovery+. Plus. But at the same time, do you, like, I think Discovery or the Discovery X are gonna, uh, executives are going to have to come to a point where they realize that, like, the HBO name itself carries a shit ton of weight yeah the platform has had issues from a performance standpoint as far as like i'll be watching a show on hbo max then all of a sudden it'll glitch out it'll bring me back to like the main menu or whatever so like just from like the zeros and ones standpoint it doesn't function optimally but like a lot of people got the streaming service because it's like 
you have all the HBO programming on there. Um, DC Universe got absorbed into it because Warner realized DC Universe on its own can't handle it. But if we throw it all on HBO Max, people will fucking watch it. Mm-hmm. Sure enough, that's exactly what happened. Like, I think there will come a point where these Discovery execs are going to realize maybe we shouldn't throw out the baby with the bathwater. And you'll see that, like, that's worth salvaging in Wait, some you way. You should name, like, HBO Discovery or some Discovery HBO. You're going to, it's going to have to have two ways because Discovery is a big name. HBO is a big name. You're going to have to... You have to blend the two because, like, I have, but, I have both services. But here, and but here, I wonder how that's going to work. But here we go, yeah. but... but but it's not even about it's not even about HBO Max. But let's no, just say, I'm just let's saying just say, from that from that aspect though, they're also no, cutting a lot of content and things like that. But here's the key you, part: was who's the owner of the fucking AEW? It's technically Tony Khan, even though his daddy yeah, is the one that's not applies. Tony Khan. It is head she, is the head. It's his daddy. It's his daddy. Is uh, Shere Khan? Shaw, it's own, uh, Shaw Khan. Shaw Khan, the owner is of the Jacksonville he, Jaguars, and. Fulham FC. And let me tell you right now, Shy Khan don't give a fuck what's going on right now because Fulham FC okay. has made it back into so the Premier League. To touch League. on both on y'all's points right now, it's daddy's money. Will there be an AEW in five years? I don't know what their books are because I don't know if they're a publicly traded company. So no, I don't not. know. I don't they're think not. they're making revenue. They're I don't know. Company. I don't know how much revenue they're making if they're sustainable to be in existence in five years. I don't know. But the th- but the big the big reason why I even made that comment is because the TV side of it has to get figured out soon. Yeah. Now like, I think they're under contract with under Warner Media for another year or two. Yeah. But again, like if if you know their contract comes due and Discovery Plus decides we don't want wrestling on our network of, of or, or our networks. Mm-hmm. That could be a serious issue. Then where do they go from but there? Putting up, I got one network, yeah. one perfect network. Vice. You already—it's it, becoming like the—it was the wrestling network. You'd lose, yeah. but I mean, lose it's, a lot of. No, go go look, go look, go look. See, you can make a break a network with with programming, right? Look at look at Spike, which now Paramount. It's not Paramount. Yeah. You know how that's, that that fucking channel grew? Why that channel even is still in existence today? After it left Spike, like an all-men's channel, that it became... Well, it went, it went from the Nashville network... To TNN. Country music. Like, yeah, to TNN. TNN. TNN, yeah. Which, I mean, that's what it was before. Yeah, it was TNN, they just rebranded TNN. Then they did it to Spike. And then, to Spike. Because they, they, they rebranded with Spike because they got a contract for like kind of like up-and-coming... UFC. Yeah. And UFC made Spike, which made programming, which got them bought out by Paramount. And then, hey, the channel is still now is rolling still. Vice can take that and say, hey, look, here's, here's a programming. Look, hey, we're a wrestling guy. We do wrestling documentaries. We do wrestling documentaries. They are our top, probably their top show, if I'll guess it. It is. Probably is. So why not? Let's continue to try to go. They were trying to go with Global Force Wrestling, but it's fucking Global Force Wrestling, and it doesn't have no following. Yeah. But if you put a show like AEW, you got the fans now. Hey, you start traveling, you start. They can start moving now. You get the programming, and then their programming can go more wrestling and part go behind scenes with more things about Why wrestling not? that TNT and TBS won't and will not do. Vice can do that, yes. Vice can do that, which can make it. 
it's your own fucking network. They need to join forces with Access Anthem Sports because Access Channel had they have Impact has their own fucking subscription. They have their own app. Why not just join with Anthem Sports? You you, you would could be on the Access Channel. You could do whatever you want, but it is a premium paid service. You would lose a lot of. Viewers. I don't get well, access. That's the thing. I don't There's get access. Access is not available. <laughs> yeah. Vice is. You get Vice. Yes. Yeah. yeah, yeah I get. I get Vice. Vice yeah. would make sense because, yeah, like you said, they do Dark Side of the Ring. It's one of. Is their Did top show? Wrestling? Kind of. Fucking just. It's, it's, it's pinpointed to. It's pinpointed to the people of now. But what Spike was in, in the even, 2000s. Or even if CBS decided to get crazy and decide, like, hey, fuck, we could put this on Paramount. Let me, let me tell you something. If I'll, I'll give this, I'll give this perfect cue. If I'm a wrestling or boxing, I would not fucking touch Paramount. I know, it's, and the Showtime, Showtime, still doing boxing, but I would not let fucking uh, Viacom touch fucking wrestling because. If you remember, and it's not even wrestling, it's what they fucking did to um, Strike Force back back in the day, when they had Gus fucking Johnson there uh, interviewing fucking things, and it was like that's the most just like literally telling the fucking fighter that's the most dis- disgusting and irrehensible fucking thing. They will not put the fucking people in play to make you successful, and they're going to force you. Look, you gotta put Gus Johnson here. You gotta put this person here. You gotta put. That's what they did. A fucking strike force in Showtime, and it fucking was terrible. I would not let Viacom touch fucking wrestling. Okay. I you'd be better off going with like I said, like like a um, Vice program. No, Vice be perfect for it. I think that would be perfect. Hmm. I'm all. I'm or you do that. your own streaming channel. You do your own streaming app. You know, you can do that. I mean, you still be able to get on through. But, like, like right now, like, hey, you got to figure out something. But I'm telling you right now, you better do it quick, fast, and hurry. Because Shot Khan got other things. One, Fulham's, his football club's in the in the big leagues in, in, in England. You got the Jaguars. There's some hype in the future. I don't know. Mm. Sustainability. And Tony Khan does have... Uh he does have requirements, or whatever you call it, for the Jaguars come Sunday. And here's also two now was AEW is attracting the talent and the big names because <laughs> I don't want to go there. I don't want to go where Vince is. Yeah. And now, like I said, the worst thing that could happen, Triple H is there now. And everyone's like, oh, oh. Like, I'm, I'm just saying, like, Things thing, have to be done is, now. Thing even is, five-year contracts. I think you're right. It's no Where is it in five years? I don't know. I, I don't. I, 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 I generally don't know. Where is it going to be in three years? You, you know, like, but I don't think like it's going to be like from AEW, like the quality of programming that they're putting on. I don't think if I don't think their future is going to be doomed from that aspect. If it is doomed in, say, like, three, five years' time, whatever. I don't think the quality of the product is going to have anything to do with that. Oh, no, no. Yeah, it's definitely going to be more so... It's going to be about business. Where, where, yeah, where are those eyeballs going to be able to watch it? That's that's going to be the big thing. You know, you have the four pillars of, like, they said four pillars AEW. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, Well, their main pillars, the pillars behind that to hold those four pillars. Uh-huh. Yeah, one of them, when, when Cody Rhodes left, <laughs> that's... 
a fucking big pillar. That was. Yeah. That that was like okay. That's ooh, that's the first stone to fucking cast. Like oh shit, you know. That was to me was like uh oh okay. Now this now we're talking about the deal. I always said don't follow the WCW playbook. WCW showed you what really Time Warner was, and what Time Warner is is still now part of fucking HBO and mm-hmm. and, and TNT and Turner. Hey, look, you sign on the bed with them, they. F- Fucked over one company, they're gonna fuck over another company. Don't think they, they won't do it. It's just that it's not attractive. It's not gonna. Be, you have to find somebody that takes so, that chance. USA Network today is USA Network because of WWE. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Spike is paramount today because of UFC. Mm-hmm. Like I said, you can make a break. You're not AEW is not gonna make TNT TBS. It's already been made. Yeah. So if I was like I said. Go take that chance. Go take that chance. But, hey, when you said, like, a money passport, the money aspect is this. They're not making money. I, a private company, I can guarantee you they're not making money. Because I want to ask, here's the question about making money. Yeah. Do they tour? No. So how are they making money? You're paying these contracts out, but with only one paid live show a week? Because technically some, they record sometimes, 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 too, yeah. sometimes because they can record both those programs in one fucking night. Or if they had like Battle of Belts, it's recorded in two nights, not three nights, but two nights. Mm-hmm. So the question is, are they really making money? Because they're not, they're not selling out big venues. It's very small venues. Tickets are affordable. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But. How much money they're making after that gate, after they pay for the fucking rent and all this travel costs. Apparently, I was going to say, apparently they're doing very well on the pay-per-view buys. Yeah, that they're doing great on. But I mean, because you only do you only do four, well, five a year if Forbidden Doors. Okay, so that that was the thing that I listened to. Oh, no, running along. I'll try to be quick. Real quick, uh, Conrad Thompson and Eric Bischoff got in a big fight about TNA uh, TNA because Bischoff was like, well, we had the same numbers that um AEW had with our show this was 10 years ago more people had didn't cut the cord yet that goes into mm-hmm. that but what Conrad Thompson was saying was yeah TNA's highest rated pay-per-view buy of all time was like 66,000 buys AEW is getting like 200 250,000 buys per pay-per-view mm-hmm. that is a big fucking number that's a solid number to me right okay. there okay but here's this what does AEW do that TNA didn't do what they what does AEW doesn't do that TNA didn't do? Like fucking tour. That's how you make your money. The house shows. It has been proven this in wrestling history. And I will also say this though. I get that like Chicago is AEW's home. And like they love that Chicago crowd and the Chicago crowd loves them back. But I do think it is going to get to a point. Where you're, if you're only gonna do every big pay per view in Chicago, Chicago, Las Vegas, how how is that gonna make that more appealing to you know the people in other markets that are like, well, dude, you know, let's be realistic here. WWE had their ter- like had their markets ABC, right? Now they're sticking with the old school NWA 
Crockett promotion. Hey, we're going to stick to this region because this is where we sell our best, most tickets, and which is actually kind of smart because you don't want to go. But even in to... their, be- but even in Crockett's best region, they would still go to different cities in North Carolina. They kind of overextended Florida, themselves in other areas that didn't do well and it cut more production costs. So what I'm saying is, yeah, if you're not going to. Okay, you can go to Vegas, you can go to Chicago, you can sell 15, 20,000 seats or, you know, whatever, around that, around that number, which is solid. That's really good. WB would do probably about you the don't, same. You don't, think, you don't think that they could do, because, I mean, with them being kind of like the new age WCW or WCW 2.0, you don't think they couldn't go to Atlanta and get a fucking hot crowd? For one of the pay-per-views. They could go to where the, the Hawks they, play and probably do well. Yeah, yeah. No, but I mean, what I'm saying is, is like, you have those markets. And, and like, I know you could you could use your Dynamites as like a test run to see like, okay, I think we could actually do a pay-per-view here. If you want to do All Out in Chicago every year, I could understand that. That's understandable, yes. Okay. But like, if you do these other pay-per-views, like, like if you maybe do one in the LA market... You know, because I feel like that Dynamite from L.A. actually had a very hot crowd. I think it did. Actually, it did. If you wanted to run in New York for, I mean, like, well, they, like I mean, the, the Grand Slam shows, the Grand Slam show so, did very well last year. I'm just saying, you could spread it out more and not just have every fucking pay-per-view in Chicago. Like, Forbidden Door, Chicago. As long um, as they're getting the pay-per-view buys, they probably will, so... Ramsey's point probably do more because the numbers seem to be good, and that's a good revenue uh, aspect of them to tap into. I think they could get away with doing six. Yeah, I think six every would be two perfect. months. I think that's the sweet spot. Because that's right the reason there. why the numbers are so high. You're getting two hundred fifty because you're not doing one every month. You're doing it for a year. Which you're actually building yeah. to each paper. So you're like, oh, it's a must see. I gotta watch this. So yeah, but going to the point where people are gonna get burnt out. Be like, all right, you're gonna get. You only had like five or six pay-per-views, but yeah, but it's fucking eight hours long. It's fucking too long. Oh, that was a rare case of a game seven on their network. I don't. How many fucking matches? How many average matches do they have on a fucking pay-per-view card? It's usually four hours. Forbidden Door, I think, was four hours, right? Still four fucking mm. hours. That's solid. That's good. You're giving your money. But worth. but I would I would say Forbidden Door though for it being four hours and for them having I think like ten matches on the card or twelve. No, it was like twelve. I think it was eleven or twelve. Yeah. <laughs> it still flowed. It didn't so drag. Now and the one before that was a rare exception. I'll give them a yeah. pass on that one. Um, it's still long. Four or five hours. That was like long. a five six hour show. That was really long. Yeah. But he was doing that on purpose to try to, which was stupid. But, uh, but yeah, I know we're kind of going in circles. Like There's just so much shit going on, dude. Like what I told you, we go to the water speculation. Just like, go down like, the rabbit like, hole. Like, like it's just like when we had the TNA episode. I'm sorry, you missed it. But <laughs> it it was more. I was like, don't follow the mistakes of what failed in the past. Mm-hmm. WCW failed. TNA followed that to the fucking T. And now, like to me, AEW is following that same fucking script. I, you know, and I, I'm not trying to shit on it, but I'm like, I'm just saying, this is like, you have to start doing the shit that's going to make you money. I can't, pay-per-view, five pay-per-views a year, and you ain't fucking making payroll. So to me, it's like getting a loss. And I I, know, to man. me, Two, to me, that's just crazy. 200 to 250 pay-per-view bars, man. That's pretty fucking good. So... I'm not saying they got that for every one, well, but since CM Punk's been back, but, but they've it's been also, getting But that. it's also a different, it's also a different... How much is a pay-per-view? Fifty, sixty dollars. Fifty bucks. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's like fifty bucks. One point two fifty, one point two um, million dollars. 
Okay. So times six. Really? Seven seven thousand five seven point five million. You think their their roster money? But you all you also have to factor so. in like merchandise sales and everything else. Well, so, merchandise sales that they don't have hundred percent of their fucking royalties on. Realistically, that's fucking crazy. Realistically, I think you could say a conservative number of what they make based off of the shit that they do between tickets that they sell for dynamite, pay per view buys, and, and pay per view tickets, um, and merchandise. You probably say they make minimum ten mil. Bare minimum ten mil, but yeah, to your point, that's travel costs. Well, then you also have like TV contract money. And TV contract like that. advertisements. Yeah. That's yeah. all stuff we don't know about. True. You know what? Oh, I'll get the information next time. But uh, I but yeah, that means. we're we gotta come wrap this up. But yeah, that's a good what if, and uh, these are just questions because I generally always thought that about AEW. It definitely makes things even more interesting now because it's not an automatic assumption that if somebody leaves, you know, or that like if somebody gets cut up, all right, they're just going to AEW. Oh, now it's like okay, think that wrestlers won't get cut from WWE in the Triple H era. This is just the well, world, well, the way well, the world. Well, yeah, but it, I, I think it'll also be one of those situations that like okay, we kind of see that coming. Yeah. Not like a holy fuck, like, you know. And, like, granted, there will be more cuts in the future. I, I'm, I'm very well aware of that. Nick Khan is still co-CEO. But it's not going to be like somebody's in a main event feud yeah, those guys one day, and then the very next day they're cut. Yeah, like, I give it that. Here's a key title about it with Triple H. He is talent relations and head of creative. So what happens is he's the one that's bringing the people in, but also creating the stuff for them so what happens is it's under one roof now mm-hmm. which means there's not a lot of people going to be lost in the shuffle if you get lost in the shuffle that means you're out pretty much so it to me is like more like okay now how they have it where where it was two people in two different roles and two people doing it's kind of like a gm and head coach in football gm says like oh you're going here's the players you're going to get you have to fucking coach them now it's a buzz now it's like kind of like how Jimmy Johnson wanted it with the with with the Cowboys. He's like, hey, I want my players. This is who I want. This is who we're going to draft. Boom, we're going to get these players. You have you you basically you have, have continuity. You basically yes. has Triple H as a Bill Belichick now. Exactly. Mm-hmm. No, that's, that's you're not you're not you're not so you're not whoever. This is interesting, guys. This is going to keep you on your toes. And what's going to happen in the future? We'll find out. But yeah, that's. It's exciting times. Like, like I'm genuinely excited for the future of the prospects of WWE. Like I said, like I want to watch watch Raw now. I will dedicate three hours of my time, even if it's recorded or whatever, to actually sit down and watch it, as opposed to just clipping a highlight reel mm-hmm. or watching Simon Miller's ups and downs and just getting my knowledge from that. Like I'll actually fucking watch now yeah. because it's must see TV again. Yeah, we, we're gonna. We're gonna have another uh, show soon with with the topic because I got there's questions now coming along. Is this will now WWE bring back the territories? Bring back make NXT UK stronger? Will they now go into Australia and do NXT Australia? Uh, will they get into these markets how they were planning to before COVID? Now because now with Triple H and Stephanie, are they going to try to expand the wrestling? 
territories now. And make it a global. Well, I know thing. COVID also kind of forced their hand with some of that too. But now that we're True coming that. out of that, but like now, you know, but, like, but also too, they were trying to with Vince. They were like, "We're going to cut that. We're you know just not. It's not going to be us because we we don't want to be you know it's, it's like they don't they want to have a developmental part, but they don't want a developmental part because you can have NXT as your third brand. Your developmental could be UK, could be Australia because you're bringing people from UK and, and Australia and Japan into this, and you can start making like a little brand and making it as like your minor league systems, and you start bringing in. Yeah. NXT could be your kind of independent gonna... scene type of deal, and then you start bring, bringing up everything. Yeah, I think that'll happen. Really it'll good. be a while, but I think it'll definitely happen. Oh, yeah, I, I, it's mm. going to be a while. Uh, before we sign off for the... Guys, uh, you got to get on YouTube and watch uh, Logan Paul's podcast with Triple H. It's it's a really good. It's a good fucking interview. Oh yeah, so he was they interviewed him. They interviewed him before uh, SummerSlam, and it's it's a it's a good interview. Okay. Triple H. I will definitely watch that. Hmm. Okay, man. Sorry, times. I. Oh, you you know, hold on. Ain't it funny? You know, because I always have a, an issue with Peacock and WWE. Mm-hmm. So this past Sunday was the Lex Luger episode, and I have I, I cut the cord. I don't have nothing, you know. I, I, I oh, this is A and E. A and E, but yeah. I, I don't watch. I don't watch. I don't uh-huh. have none. I don't have cable or nothing, so I didn't know what's coming up. How fucking funny that the, this fucking Lex Luger episode happened. Yeah. But the Icon episode never showed his fucking air. Is this the Icon episode, but just repackaged and rebranded? That's a great question. Because they had the Icon episode. And then they pulled the plug on it. On uh, Lex Luger? Yeah, before last uh, summer, July uh, they were supposed last to, year. Last year, they were supposed to come out with the Lex it. Luger. And they kept teasing and kept teasing. And then the day of, it was supposed to come on. No fucking episode. And there was no fucking explanation. And they'd done it with plenty, <laughs> multiple fucking episodes of Icon. And they just stopped with the Icons. Because if you go on to the thing, they had like Luger. They had yeah, RBD. I remember, I remember seeing the pre- trailer but for it. When it came out, with, they were supposed to come out with that fucking episode. Nothing. Hmm. So I wonder if that's that fucking rebrand and stuff like that. I mean, the, the biographies are okay. The rivalry series is like, eh, a little underwhelming, but it's still wrestling and I'm going to watch it no matter what. What's a, what's a smack talk? Or I haven't watched one yet. It's oh. like, comes on after that. It's like Booker T talking with different guests and I'm like, ah, I, I'm good. I got I got to tidy my time with <laughs> shit. I was like, I can't yeah. watch that. I was like, uh, but yes, rivalries I'm obviously going to watch, but it seems a little quick he had a oh Booker T, JBL had one on the on the old WWE Network. They talked to uh, yeah, he had like interview sessions. Set, and stuff set, like it's that. an interview session show. No, it was interesting. I'm I, sure I, it I is. Just think it's inter- I think I just think that's all interesting that they're doing all doing all that, especially A and E's on a Discovery platform. Yep, but those the biographies aren't on the um, aren't on yeah, the no, uh, Discovery platform. Yeah, Discovery. Yeah, absolutely. So AEW. Mm, <laughs> so, because uh, technically, um, Ms. and Mrs. last week outdrew Rampage, New New Japan, and Impact combined. Wow, combined, damn. Yeah, but the other thing too, though, to to that argument also, though, is that Ms. W- and Mrs. also appeals to a, a bigger demographic. Than wrestling, but, it also yeah. uh, also uh, Rampage was outdrawn by 
the biography series too. Yes. Yeah. Thing. I mean, look. Honestly, I think that ten o'clock, uh, 10 o'clock time slot hurts them. Yeah, it I mean, does. It's, Especially it's, on a Friday. It's, too. it's it's eleven o'clock on the East Coast. You know, like people are going out. It's Friday night. It's... Like I said, if it's on Vice, Thursday night. Thursday night would be perfect. Thursday would be perfect. You do the Sunday seven o'clock to, to, to nine o'clock. Do the two hours, and at nine o'clock, you have your wrestling program that's coming out with their the documentary series. Boom. Then you can also do your. You can have AEW every fucking night. Take out all this content every night they put out, like a Monday and Tuesday for the the dark episodes and elevated. You can put that on on Vice on one hour on Monday, one hour on Tuesday. You can make your channel. Do what fucking what people have done to build channels up. I do think I do think like an AEW and a Vice partnership would be really nice because if you also think about it, just just from like that standpoint of like for some people wrestling is like a four letter word like it, it it's their like secret love affair and things like that. Just the fact that it you know some people view it as a Vice. I do think just like wrestling being on a network with that name, I think that's a perfect combination, but. That's just me thinking of it from that standpoint too. Like, it's definitely good branding, and, and, and maybe a little too on the nose, but yeah. You ever wonder if Triple H might change the October pay per view to Halloween Havoc? Fucking go back to those old WCW ones, the ones that you had still on the rights to. Fuck I'm yeah, just be saying, awesome. because you know now Vince's not there, we can't do WCW because of <laughs> Triple H. Is like, fuck yeah, we're gonna do WCW. You gotta do war games. War games. Yeah, you just need you just need to bring fucking Regal back just for that alone. I mean, goddamn it, just war games wasn't the same without Regal to be there. War games, dude. I'm excited. Yeah, but uh, no, man. Yeah, I was gonna say I'm I'm actually surprised that for being on little sleep, working a double today, and then coming right here to record this podcast, I'm still amped up and fucking excited. I'm not. Yeah, man. I'm not tired in the slightest bit. Bought a Red Bull just in case, but no, man. Like yeah, it's very no, exciting no times right now. No, no sleep devil. Yeah. So yesterday, funny story. Oh, it's always all there. So yesterday, um, my 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 friend's sister's uh, water broke. She was scheduled to have a C-section this Friday. Her water broke and just fucked up my, all, all our days. She just <laughs> little little uh, Ashlyn threw a whole wrench in the fucking plan. Just like Doop! and no sleep. I didn't get home till like one o'clock. Couldn't sleep. I lost my phone. Left it at my my boy's house. He had to bring it to work. And I was like I couldn't sleep because I didn't have my phone. I didn't know what to fucking do. I couldn't contact nobody. I was like, oh, you know what? Fuck. And I didn't sleep. And I went to work. And I was like. Fuck this, and of course somebody's gonna fucking not show up because I didn't know my schedule. But we all get text with this damn schedule. Yeah, I'm glad y'all came because I know it's a be figuring out our schedules because I don't know my schedule until Wednesday, and that pisses me off because like it's only from Wednesday to Wednesday for my one job. So it's like she always puts me on fucking Monday and Wednesday nights. And I was like, God damn it. We were like, in the same place, and look, I got my schedule like three, two weeks in advance. Nah, it's week to week because, like, it you know, turn around all that bullshit. So I don't know what we're gonna come with the next episode. I guess is what we're getting at. We'll try to do it every two weeks if we can, um, or just however our schedules me- mesh. So you know, we'll figure to, it out from there. You know, to be respectful, 
so we're just going to real quickly glance over our Road Wild Hog Wild uh, pay-per-view show today. Yeah, because that, that, suppo- that was supposed to be the topic of the show. We'll, we'll do that in, in the future. We yeah. can do that, yeah, whenever. Next it, year. Next year or, yeah, anytime. So it, it will be brought up at some point. I don't want to say what the show next week or next time uh, is going to be. Who knows? Who knows? Honestly, know. we don't know, but we're glad you guys tune in. Thank you for staying with us this long. We got Honestly, speculation. I like this, this format where we're just... But there was so much stuff going table. on. We had to talk about it. It was impossible not to. The I mean, excitement. The elephant in the room. If we if we came on and we did show about that that just focused on hog wild road wild, and then we didn't even touch on the the giant elephant in the room, that was the last like two and a half three weeks. Yeah, it'd be like, what the hell are we even doing a podcast for? Come on, bro. It's no. That's like, it, man. I mean, dude. I was speaking of which Ramsey, this is WWE Network picture of Clash of the Champions. Uh, Clash of the Castle. Clash of the Castle. Do you see what women are on that on that picture? Oh, a little foreshadowing of what's going to happen in the tag team titles. But, so, of course. but they face each other in the second. I know round. they do. So that doesn't make sense. That's stupid. Yeah, they're probably promote p- p- uh, next week's. But yet they're doing as Clash of the Castle. Oh, because I'm sure there will be oh. several storylines. Because like even even if Asuka and Alexa get eliminated, now the thing, those three women can go after one. those three women. If that's the match you're setting up for Clash of the mm-hmm. Castle, I'm fine with that. That's true. But then again, it takes out the other two teams for being in the the tag team titles. The, the tag so. team title might be, be might be just a raw thing. Because you know, they so didn't say the matches were going to be on SmackDown. They introduced they, 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 they did for next next Monday. Yeah, actually, actually, yeah, the next match is next Monday, yeah. so yeah. So yeah, they're it saying all Monday, right Monday here tournament. at WWE.com that that is a six-man tag match for at Class of the Castle, that match. They're saying we'll take on, it says the team of Bailey, uh, I'm King Co- at I'm King Coda, and at Shirai uh, underscore EO will take on WWE Women's Champion Bianca Belair, WWE Alexa Bliss, WWE, and WWE at Asuka at WWE Castle. And that's WWE's Instagram. That's that's the, that's their that's gonna be their match. Okay. Mm. So all right. you don't you don't you you don't put Bailey versus um, Bianca in that match right away. You want to build that? You gotta, you gotta build, build that, that up. Oh yeah, you gotta build that. You're up. You're gonna build so. that up, like that's some shit that's gonna. I think how everything might play out. You know what? I think those two teams go against each other, and they just start brawling, and all hell breaks loose, so they disqualify them both. One of the other match gets a buy round, and then they're like, you know what? We need to finish us at that, at that paper. That could be the beginning seeds of uh, the women's... Uh, 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 war Howdy, games. I mean, so- oh, well, yeah. There you go. Yeah, for war games. Fuck yeah. So. Can you, add, you can add two bad... You can add two heels... If you bring like let's say you flip Nikki Nikki's edge back to Nikki Cross to, to the sanity style. Oh god, that'd be awesome. Now with Triple H in charge. Oh fuck yeah, I gotta do it. Uh Nikki, uh, I need you to go crazy again. Fuck the superhero gimmick. The future's so bright we gotta wear shades. I mean oh. it's like the bluest skies, greenest grass I've seen in a long time in the landscape of WWE. I'm I'm just very Happy and excited to see where we go from here. Yeah, and we'll be back next time to talk and discuss what's going on. So, hello, Ravishing Randy signing off. TNK signing off. I can't even call myself Rampage because I was very happy this past two weeks. Well, you had a reason to be happy. Yeah. Things are looking bright. 
yeah, whatever. Rampage out. Later.